What's up, Mr. Ross Burns, and welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this is the show where we talk to interesting people, such as yourself, and learn the story of your life to try to extract some knowledge nuggets to better enhance all of our collective existences. So, oh, you're doing some homework. Uh, it's, it's it's more like the format of the show as you'll come to see will reveal it all um but we just want to hear what's what your life is from your own words right and then through what you feel is important i promise we're going to learn something it's just how it's going to be because uh we all have interesting lives i agree brother and i appreciate you having me on here i mean i love doing this kind of stuff like, like you said it's always uh good to you know what I mean? Talking to different people, I even learn different stuff about myself that you don't even think about, maybe necessarily, you know what I mean? So it's always good to enlighten your mind, you know what I mean? Expand my horizons here. Facts. All the way to Montreal. <laughs> yes. You know oh. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, we do have a proper little opening question. But before that, just to let the people have some context about you, are you able to let us know where you start your life, like the very youngest era of Ross Burns, where does that take place? Probably when I, from back when, like, when I started becoming my own little man kind of deal. Yeah, like, let's say you're, like, three, five years old, the earliest memories. Like, where are you situated in the world? I remember, like, I have, I have some memories back from when I was really, really young, like, big wheel and learning how to ride a bike. With a, taking a, I remember taking a training wheels off my bicycle in my buddy Nick's driveway. Because he had a two-wheeler. And I was like, what the? Let me try, man. And then he just let me try. And I, I got it, bro. And I was like, then I, and you know what? That was, he built. That's how you build confidence. And that's mm. when I was a young guy. That's how I kind of learned that. You know what? I can do it. He's doing it. Why can't I do it? And that's kind of always been my attitude since then. So that's been still back then, like you're saying, I guess. Yeah, but. The foundation. So, but, but where, 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 like, location-wise, like, where were you? Oh, I grew up. I've been born and raised in Hamilton. Fair. East End. Around the cinema my whole life. I, like I, I grew up in front of us on Fraser Street. We lived on two houses in front of the mall, then went to the one side, and then we went behind the mall, then the other side. So, mm. pretty much around the center mall, my whole life I grew up East End Hamilton. That's fair. I do. I personally don't know that much about Hamilton. I ha I went once, one time, but it was because I landed late in Toronto, and my homeboy saved my life and gave me a place to crash. But like other than that, I can't recall ever being there. I do know that the bus system in Hamilton shares my initials as HSR, and that fucked me up and made me realize it would be a terrible ass rap name because they got HSR. I lost that battle. But um, with that, I do have like a, a proper like opening little story question. It's it's a little bit of a lengthy one, but when it lands, it'll kind of get the conversation rolling. Um, and it starts with my girlfriend. And she'll be washing the dishes this one time. And she was playing that Black Eyed Peas song. They're like, I got a feeling. Ooh. She's like vibing. Yeah, yeah. She's dancing. She's like, you know, doing her thing. And I'm looking at her. And I go, when in the fuck did this song become chores music? Right? Because if you think about this song and you run it back like 10, 11 years, it's like a, a middle of the night anthem song everybody's dancing it's celebrations it's good times now a whole decade and a bit's passed and it's the chores music it's like you're exercising you're doing kind of really boring stuff and you're trying to bring your brain back to these celebration times and then it made me realize yo 
as artists, as people, we go on these journeys with music where as our lives change, the context that the music surrounds us with also changes. So like you can picture the 20 year olds, they're running around with the drills and all this stuff. Now they vibing out, they doing their shit and they have no idea that that's what they're going to be washing dishes to when they're our age, trying to turn up, trying to scrub some plates and shit. They don't know that I heard pop smoke and I skipped the line. It went straight to dishes music for me. So I'm doing my little pop smoke dances, washing plates. That's just what happens. You get older and stuff. But then it made me think about the way interviews go and how as artists and people, we tell our stories. And if you'll notice with most people, it seems like music doesn't exist in a person's life before the age of like 11. And that's when they discovered hip hop and they started rapping and they, and it's like, now hold on a second. Music been around us from time since the very beginning. Like there's a good chance that Hamilton, when you came out the hospital or whatever, there'd be like songs playing in the room that a little baby Ross Burns was absorbing. And I think back to like when I'm young, I'm like, I can remember being like five years old in the apartment in Montreal and my dad's got gray boxes everywhere, like the tape deck and the radio and the preamp and the amp and stuff. And he's got these wires and shit connected, giving us that little bootleg surround sound. And the yeah. fucking like Led Zeppelin tapes and stuff like that he'd play, but at nighttime it would be that club music live from the clubs in Montreal. But my mom's it was more like discos and musicals and love songs and all these other vibes that were like mixed in and they were listening to all of this and i had no control over any of the music i was just forced to listen to what they was listening to so with that in mind mr ross burns i was hoping you could bring us back to the youngest ross burns you could remember being and let us know what it sounded like to be you before you could control what you were listening to Oh, absolutely. I remember 100% listening. I used to say with Rick James. My dad used to buy the Rick James going, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and a lot of metal too when I was young. Like, I, uh, like when I was really young, I was into like, uh, I love, I still even love Molly Crew, Twisted Sister. And my mom was like always listening to like Cher, Tina Turner, Lionel Richie. That was her vibe. But my dad, like I said, he was more on the, the Rick James and the, uh, like um, Lee Aaron. <laughs> I remember like Scorpions, all these old metal bands. Mm. So that's where I got my love for, like, like I love instruments in general, right? Like, to me, music, it's like, touches my soul. Like, you know what I mean? It's like therapy, as I always say to people, like, music is my therapy. So, like you said, it's, since a young age, I, it's definitely always, like, I, it takes you to a certain place. That's what music does for me, right? And that's what I'm hoping, that's my plan with why I make music. Is it, so one day when I'm an old man, even older than now, and I'm, like, laid up in a bed, I'll be, like, run my track back, and it takes me back to, like, this Friday when I'm at the absent performer at the high, the highly anticipated show, you know what I mean? That like that's gonna be stamped in my head forever mm. with the song of the template. So absolutely, like you said, back in the day, I grew up like hip hop wasn't when I was really, really young, it wasn't really so you know me and my parents definitely weren't listening to it until I got probably around around eight or nine, I would say I started listening to hip hop. So before we get to the hip hop part, because trust when people are young, man, and so it's it's always interesting. You might not find it that interesting, but anybody that cares about you finds it interesting. And yo, what's up, Stay Connected Studios, who says Mr. Burns the legend. You know, the legend. The Respect, legend brother. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that, man. I'm just you know I mean I'm just trying to do my thing and then uh and I I like uh, I'm about the culture in my city and everybody around you know, you know try to like with everybody and that help everybody do their thing you know so yeah people like that are um, a big blessing but when you were like young young right like how were your parents bumping music was it like vinyls was it like the radio how, like what was yeah, it what was the was vibe young. like definitely i remember i remember the tall you know what i mean the, the record player with the receiver the tape deck 
and a bunch of vinyls. I remember vinyls. But when I was young, young, too, I had my, my first system was an 8-track player. Mm. It was like a, it was old back then. And then I remember the first time I remember, funny story, my dad, he, he uh, you know, he used to be able to put the scotch tape over it just to get the cassettes. You could do it with 8-tracks, too. And then uh, he made me a Michael Jackson mixtape. And then at the end of Thriller, he, he somehow copied in and vocaled in like, Whoa, Rossi, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that was so that was pretty cool. But that was my first system was an A-track system. But my parents had the vinyl by then. Mm. But, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, you're taking me back for sure, bro. Holy. Because yeah, that's where the story and, starts. Because, you know, half the time, okay, maybe not half the time. I ask this question to a lot of people. And a large enough percentage of people, whatever they're saying when they were like super young, ties in in some way to who they are in terms of making music, right? So in your case, it might be you like instruments more because you grew up with this background. Or you had that moment where your dad spliced a song. That's a little bit of engineering work that was exposed to your life when you was a little one. You don't even know. Maybe that planted some seeds later on type stuff. So, like, so You're right. I never thought of it that way, right? So for me, I just hear it and it's always super interesting. And, uh, but also like when you were young, were you like having dreams of being a singer? Were you like air guitaring and learning songs or were you like in some more like sports and other kinds of stuff or what what was your like childhood vibe? When I was young, when I was young, I was like, I'm like, I'm in, like, I like anything with motors or like bikes or like, I was just doing like boy shit. You mean jumping my bike, playing RC cars, building models, whatever kind of shit like that. I like that kind of stuff. I wasn't like in any kind of music like musically kind like in any kind of choirs or learn any instruments none of that stuff i just played sports played baseball a lot of ball hockey mm. but you know that was where i was at when i was young and then you said somewhere around eight or nine you got like you know it kind of evolved a bit and you started caring more about music absolutely i remember when i was eight or nine we used to be playing ball hockey and we had the big boom box and we had like uh the Beastie Boys, Fat Boys. I even remember uh, Maestro Fresh West. That's your back, bump, slide. And I'm out there playing hockey on the street. Hockey time. You got to move the net. Car comes through. Put the pullback over. So, yeah, I remember those days. That's when I definitely, that's when hip-hop started. I was like, oh, this is, I like this. I like this stuff. How were you, like, finding it? Was it, like, people around the block had tapes or was it the radio? Because keep in mind, for this, for you, it might seem matter of fact, but there might be people hearing this that grew up and had YouTube since their whole memory. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, we used to have to buy, we used to have to buy the single or the cassette and actually support the artist straight up. There was no free downloads. None, there was nothing. If you wanted to hear a song, you had to go buy it unless you did the old scotch tape on the cassette and caught it on the radio. Like, you know what I mean? If you knew it was on top 10, maybe you can catch it like that, make yourself a little mixtape. Some people did that stuff. But generally, I would just buy the actual... The, the tape and you get the little print out sometimes it'd have the words which is cool you know what i mean you guys were able to Rap buy hip-hop at like 10 pardon you're able to buy hip-hop when you were like 10 my friend uh, well my friend's parents get it for them i guess i didn't I, like i didn't have a boom box not by my, my, my mm. buddy sean savers I remember, I remember the airplane on the beastie boys thing and then like you know what i mean that's a wild Bad tape boy, for y'all to have as a kid <laughs> like it's a good tape but yeah. like Many, yeah, man, that's many moons ago. No more cassettes. That's crazy. I mean, they're still out there, but I, I bet. Did that vinyl back? I think it's like, because right? it's a sick-ass collector's item, and it has like, uh, 
like a utility value as like a dj thing like like there is an actual Absolutely. utility value to a vinyl in a way where it's harder to justify the purpose of a cd which doesn't have any real value in this world anymore i feel like listening to a vinyl it just hits different too mm. you know that's fair i don't know Walmart, and it's more enduring right like a vinyl gonna last like the next like forever kind of thing whereas cds and even tapes they're pretty like fallible like you know if you picture like a like a vinyl is like some shit that you're giving to your like grandkids and it's like generational or yeah it's not like a like a cd where you see uh, cds tossed around all over people's house now you're not gonna see out of records people right, put them back fucking in like actual it. cds in the streets sometimes not as often now but like you'd be like walking down and see some like classic dr dre album just smashed up in the middle of the street and it's just like no That's terrible like, i think skip one too many times skipped one too many times i've been there and i just go hop right on my knee and out the window i don't want this cd yeah I mean, Spotify did fuck that shit up. I can't go back now. I'm a Spotify guy for life. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's that's the world now, right? Like, it's like who can't like it's so convenient, and you can pick and choose exactly what songs you want on demand at your house. You know, like it's crazy, but that's what the world is, right? Yes, it's definitely. Well, it's also like think about like the entertainment. Just like on a little tangent, like you grew up in a in like an era where. Y'all was just literally doing like motorized cars and outside a lot. I grew up with Nintendo. Like people want to act like that shit hasn't been around for a minute. But like the second Nintendo kicked in, bro, we used to like hang out in the schoolyard with Pokemon with like four Game Boys and those cords and just like Pokemon. Like Pokemon Go, what like, to me it was just like, oh yeah, it's like being ten again. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I see. I was before that. Like I never had the Pokemon. I remember Nintendo. Like Nintendo came out when I was young, but I just was never really a gamer guy. There was a couple games I got into. I remember like uh, baseball stars. He's played my buddy Cease, and you can make your own players, name them and stuff. Hmm. Of course, a Blades of Steel and Excite Bike, most classics. So, but I, I used to go back in my day. We used to go to the. It's called Wizard's Castle, the arcade. You know what I mean? Where you got to go put quarters in, or you take nickels and you let train run it over, and then you use it as a quarter. You know, you know fake stuff. Y'all would like really come up with all kinds of shit to get some extra. <laughs> oh yeah, we used to take the bread ties too, and you could empty all the candy machines, bro. Yeah, that's you gotta be innovative when you're a kid sometimes, right? <laughs> Especially you if you gotta hit the arcade. So, yeah, exactly, bro. These these high scores gotta be met, bro. My name gotta be over there, you know. So remember the Center Mall arcade. Yeah, that's exactly. That's Wizard's Castle. Right, that's what right. it's called, Wizard's Castle. That came from, awesome. uh, that place was rough, yo. I don't know about that, but <laughs> so that's yeah. what we're getting from the chat. That's sick, yo. I remember the girl with the apron. You had to give her your money. She gave you some coins, and you'd be playing Double Dragon, whatever. That's cool, Holy. though. Um, yeah. I am older. No, nah, but it's it's that's why it's like it's a different reality, but it's also interesting, and it does come with it. Like an epiphany I had is like had this Kendrick album that just came out dropped in like the eighties. Everyone would have listened to it like seven times by now, and now most people mm. probably heard it like max once and a bit. Like the number of people that actually played that shit in full twice back to back, it's not high, and that's a huge thing no, that changed. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, yeah, because it's there's a, there's almost a template to be followed now if you want to be in that, you know what I mean? I th the mainstream. Nah, I think it's something. Unfortunately. I got that. Yo, let's check it. When you were young, video games were Excite Bike. 
video games be fucking yeah. lit now. Like, oh yeah, people yeah, act yeah. like people act like like yo people got mad attention spans. Like if you talk in Marvel movies and shit, like people wildly focused. It's just like, I don't think our lifestyles encourage sitting there and listening to music. That entertainment capacity got phased out the way that it used to be back in your time, where you would just have albums playing as the backdrop to shit as a collective group thing. That wasn't well, so like even by my age, it was all headphones. It's all solo. Yeah. Like, I feel like now it's so easy for you to go from watching TV to listening to music to talking to your friend. Like, it's all just movement of your thumb. So, super fast. It's hard to, like, you, why do you put your time? You're like, ah, I'm not, I'm going to try this different. Uh, it's like you're always trying to find that serotonin or whatever, like that. You mean you want that satisfy your, your need for the digital or whatever? Like, you mean it's terrible. I don't like, as we're talking about this, I, I'm, I'm what I'm realizing is I grew up in a way better time than it is now. Like I feel bad for the kids now. So super different time. Yo, the one thing to their benefit is I'd be talking to like, let's say you were a 17 right now and we were having this conversation. Chances are you got a full studio in your crib and you've already recorded over a hundred songs and you've already got like six, seven years of practice in the game and you're not even 18 yet. That's the flip side. Well, I, I agree. And, and like, that's like that's why there's Spotify and all this. I I was gonna say that too. I think because that's the thing is it gives more opportunity, right? You know what I mean. But at the same time, then you have to hear every 16 year old's track as a as a yeah, person. Well, <laughs> you, know, like, you know what? Honestly, even like when I hear a 16 year old's track, just like if it, it's all about uh, like if they're seriously in there and they're trying, they're gonna grow, bro. They're gonna get Facts. better. Like more nine times out of ten. So to hate on a kid that's 16, like you're a fucking shit, bro. Like you know what? You're just probably mad at him because you're not doing anything to take a risk. Making music is a risk and like putting yourself out there. So you know what I mean? It's almost like you're being naked or whatever kind of deal. Like it's, it's like people are so this girl's like brave. That's brave. This like that's brave. making music or any kind of art, like a painting or anything, putting it out there. You know I mean, it takes guts and you're gonna evolve. Everybody, I always say, with grind equals growth, right? If you grind at something, you're gonna grow. You're gonna get better. Whether it be music, working on cars doing interviews like you do you know what i mean it's, you gotta put in the time on anything so like i i encourage these 16 year old kids even if they're sucking and but like at least they're putting energy into that instead of like breaking into my car or doing something stupid you know what i mean that's true and i think though the thing is with the accessibility what what really changed is you're just hearing everything now like you're actually being exposed to a lot of stuff that existed back in the day but you wouldn't have heard it because that shit never left its hood like you know, it never made it out the hood. It existed. It might even be on yes, YouTube yeah. now, but none of us would know to Google it. But because yo, like, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I think people be wildly jealous that kids be getting famous and a little bit off of some shit that they perceive as low effort. That those kids are not even trying to be hip hop on. And there's some there's some like generational stuff happening there. But um, end of the day, that's like a little bit tangential. Back to like you though. Um, so you're like nine, ten ish. You'd be cruising around with boomboxes, discovering hip hop and whatnot. Are there like any rappers around? Are you getting like this desire to get into the hip hop game at all, or are you just more of a fan of the culture and, and the era of life? Definitely at this point, I'm still just like a fan. I'm not, I'm like uh, I'm just enjoying the music and like I have my favorite artist, but at that point, I have no like in, like I wasn't feeling like I'm a rapper like. I wish I could be a rapper or do this because when I was younger, there was like for me to do that, I would have to like 
go to Dr. Dre's studio, kind of like, like, where's the studio around here? How much is the studio? You know what I mean? Like you said, the opportunity wasn't there, so it never really crossed my mind. I could just go to the park and ride my bike. Like, that was the opportunity I had, right? So mm. I was just enjoying it. Definitely just a fan at that point still. And then, like, as you get into, like, high school and this stuff evolve, are there, like, rappers or people like that around you? Does, like, things evolve a bit? 100%. I remember uh, my, like, I was in grade nine. My homie, he's a DJ now, Danny, uh, DJ Delight, mm. Dangelowski. He came up, man, and he gave me the Tupac CD. He's like, or it was actually a cassette. He says, let's go to the library. You need to hear this. So we go in there and put in a thing. And he plays me, keep your head up. They, they just just run through the tracks, right? I'm like, Oof. and then that that was when, like, I really like became a like a super fan. Like, I was like, oh, I, like I want that. Now I wanted to learn about Tupac. You know what I mean? It wasn't just about his music. I'm like, oh, this guy intrigues me. I like the way his character was and stuff. And then that's when I started like a, like listen to it all the time. Then what? The more I listened to him, then that's when I started to think like, I feel like I could like I'd rap along. I'd be like, man, I feel like. I would say this if this was my song. Now I started getting those kind of thoughts. So I feel like that's when the seed of that was, so I was probably like 14. Do you, do you remember any of like, okay, specifics on that? Like, do you remember, okay, I heard this Tupac song and I would have flipped it like this as a 14 year old? Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't say I remember like that. I, I remember just being like, I wanted to ingest every word. I was like, oh, mm. like, like I was just, I'm, like, even the way I make my music now, like, I'm not really a bar rapper. I'm, like, I like to tell, like, a story. Like, I always say, like, I don't write my lyrics. I write my legacies. What I'm trying to do, like, I want you to listen to my songs and learn. I like that. Stuff like that. I you like know that. What I mean? So, I'm not trying to rap to be, you'd be like, oh, my God, he's so cool. He said something so cool. Like, that's not, like, I, like, I appreciate bars. Don't get me wrong. But that's just not the way, because the way I grew up. Rather because like the Tupac and the music I used to listen to, everything had a message or a structure. See, that's a, a wild thought, right? Because nobody's ever said that to me that you were inspired by Tupac, and because you're inspired by Tupac, you're less drawn to bars and more drawn to purpose. That's a big bro. Wide. Anybody who's trying to say Tupac's a bar rapper is lying, right? He wasn't a bar rapper. I, I, like not to me. Like I've never heard like, anybody like, say it. I've just like because he's everyone's favorite, right? But then everyone's trying to be bar rappers. Too. And I just never thought about that before. Yes, that's a great one. So, like, I love Tupac, but I, I feel like nobody told stories like Tupac and took you to a place, you know what I mean? And, mm. like, talked about not just him. He talked about, like, this community and what was happening around. You know what I mean? It wasn't about, like, hey, look at me, look at me. Generally, that's what mostly, most time rappers is it's about, right? Look at me, look at me, I'm the man, this, this. I got all this money, especially nowadays. Whereas back then, like, for him, like hearing songs where he's talking about, like, Brenda's got a baby, like, saying there's problems in the community, man. Like, we all got to, you guys don't see this? Like, you know what I mean? And that's 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 where it becomes, like, therapeutic to me, where it helps me ingest things and see, like, there's problems. Everybody has problems, though, you know what I mean? You just got to deal with it some way. So that's why, I like, that's why I'm, like, like I said, I'm not a bar guy, I wouldn't say, but. No, I'm not really a bar guy either, man. I I put very little effort into quote-unquote bars. I just write shit I feel based on things I think, based on whatever. And sometimes it's ludicrous. It just happens to come out in super weird shit. But, like, nah, I don't think... So I think, like, when people go down the bars route, to me, it's more reminiscent of sports than trying to, like, tap into the musical energy. And I'm not an athlete with my music. I'm trying to be a weirdo artist. 
I, I agree. I agree. It's definitely and like hip hop's a competition all around, but definitely with the bars. You I mean it's the it's, that's why there, we have battle leagues. The king of the dot now, right? Oh like God. I understand battles that. Are, but that's I appreciate the crap. Battles are sick though. When you really want to yeah, talk bars, battle rap is like the pinnacle of bars. Exactly. Exactly. I agree hundred percent, right? But like uh yeah, that's just that's just not my lane really. No, I respect like, that. I, I feel like I hear a song like when I hear a song and then the hook says this and then the guy just raps has nothing to do with the hook, I'm like, What? Like you know what I mean? Like if I have a hook, my hook's gonna correspond with my my verses, like, I wanted to all, you know? Yeah, I wonder if that ties story. into, like, back to what you was listening to when you was young, right? Because you was listening to that purpose music. All them songs had, like, real structure in that regard. And typically, like, if you're, you're found, like, my foundation is not in hip-hop. I, like, adopt hip-hop later in life. And rock is super about, like, themes. And, you know, usually the songs make sense. Like, Led Zeppelin will be making up fantastical universes and shit like that. Well, I feel like that's how, like, for me, that like, when I'm listening to music or when I'm making music, that's how, like, if somebody's listening to my music, they, like, take it in and be like, oh, wait a second, that's, like, that's just like me. Like, he's the same, like, you know what I mean? So, to me, that's, even when I listen to it myself, I, like, it reminds me who I am, where I'm at, you know what I mean? Like you said, where I've came from, all that shit, bro, it's like a vocal audio tattoo that I'm having for the rest of my life on my skin, but it's on my brain. Mm. You know, so I'm just trying to uh, enjoy it. Yeah, shout out Stay fans, Connected you know, Studios for following. Appreciate that. That's always cool. So Twitch gives me a little dingling in my ears when people follow. And that's the beauty is Twitch is interactive, right? So DJ VTech showed up, and, and that's dope. So people just pop in, and it makes it more fun because it's more of a show. Yeah, that 100%. Um, so this, shout out all of you. It made it more fun because we tried the interviews on YouTube with no audience and it was trash. Like it was just like I mean it was cool like you're doing it, but they were shorter. The second an audience kicked in, everything got more longer and chiller, and it was way more fun. It's all about the interaction, right? Yeah, we all want the interaction at the end of the day. Um, that yeah, big facts. So like you're in high school and you've got like the Tupac influence, but like you said, you're you're in Hamilton and I don't know a lot about Hamilton's hip hop scene in like the nineties. So like is there like were there people around you that was also trying to rap? Is there like this little local culture to tap into or are you just kinda doing it by yourself? Or uh none of my like none of my friends I was growing up with like none of them were like was in the like any of the music. There was music though around. The scene was starting to get going there. Like back in the day, like I know for sure there's some old school guys used to rap back in the day. Like even like uh Detox, this guy's been rapping for like even longer than long, long, long last time. So like the my so him and my homie Hess, I remember Hess showed me way back in the day the songs they had popping and everything. Then there was like yeah, indie fiends, there's guys like even way back like I don't even know how far it even goes back to even say like all the I would say it started this year because I wasn't in the scene like that, right. but I know it's definitely it's it's deep. It goes back. The scene's been popping, it's, and it goes up and down. It's been a roller coaster, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. So in high school, it's you crazy. weren't so connected to it. You were just more getting inspired at that point. I was just a fan, hundred percent for sure. Just in like I was, I was in the building cars and riding dirt bikes around the streets and getting in trouble like that shit. Like not real trouble, but like I mean, like people didn't like me riding the dirt bikes down the street. Me and my friends. <laughs> so, but like that's the kind of shit I was doing, right? Yeah, was... I wasn't thinking about oh, I can make music. 
I mean, that's fair to be, because, yo, there were no dirt bikes when I grew up in the middle of Montreal. Like, that isn't a thing you do. Messed up, bro. I'm telling you. A lot of the best motocrossers come from Montreal, though, so they're out there. I know somewhere they're out there. Nah, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have access to it, because the places that are not Montreal are full of this shit. Like, my girlfriend come from Howick, Quebec, which is, like, not far from Montreal, and she got all tapped into that BMX community and the motocross, and... So it's like yeah. it's adjacent, but like when you're deep in the middle of Montreal in the city, like there's no motocross. It's just like bicycles and city buses. Like we can take the bus everywhere. So like, yeah, but but it's the same here. Like there was no dirt bike, like nothing around here. Me and my friends just got dirt bikes, and like I put it in oh. my backyard and I ride it down the train tracks down down there. And then we'd go down to Nash Road, and there was like just a whole field. And we'd rip around the field and ride back up the train tracks. So it's not that we just, yeah, there was like no racing or nothing. We were just being riffraff and enjoying having dirt bikes. That's wild shit still. Maybe I just wasn't like that cool or something. I just feel like Montreal police be locking shit down. I don't know. Maybe my misconception and there was a whole bunch well, of dirt biking. Nintendo. You were playing Nintendo. Bro. That's you know true. What I mean? so it's a different, that is true. It's different. It's but I, well, that came a bit later. I was still like outside a bit. Like my parents would be like, get the fuck out and go to the park. I still come from like that time. So like you would be at the park and shit. But like we was in like the middle of the city. Like it's not like connected to where dirt biking, would, you know, like you got to be somewhere near like country to end up with anybody being like let's grab that dirt bike <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know i don't even know honestly know how i like i really started getting into the dirt bikes yes anything just with the engine i like i like it mm. automatically right but, oh i actually actually i do know how i got my first dirt bike is uh my dad had a harley and then of course so when i was on the motorcycles because he always had motorcycles and then uh he got me a, a motorcycle for uh, well, a dirt bike for 70 bucks and i took it all apart Rebuilt it all back up. I ended up having to clean the points. I got it all going. Then I traded it for RM250. So it was sweet. That's dope. But that was my first dirt bike. So it was, I guess it was because I wanted, like, I was just, it was more of some, my dad gave me, got me a little project, I guess, is more where it came from. Then once I got the first dirt bike, then I traded up, traded up. And, like, then I went, like, now I want to have a dirt bike all the time. From, like, a, until I got a car. So from when I was, like, 15 to, How like, How fast 18, do dirt bikes go? Uh, you, the 250 really flew. I, I think it would probably go like 80 mile an hour or something. That's fast. It was fast. really fast. Especially down the train tracks, right? We'd be like racing, the, like the the train would be going. And you think it's a speed train? Sink right by it. Oh, I got scars on my arms from this shit, from the train tracks. <laughs> it is what it is, bro. You know, I mean, it was fun. Scars are stories. Scars tell stories, right? No, that's, I mean, you were also having some fun times. Like, that's nobody's told me about this like nobody's been like bro i got the dirt bikes and i was cruising nobody said that to me before really so that sounds wild just the smell just the smell gets me excited bro on the dirt bikes like, i'm going to nitro circus two tenths so i'm pumped for that with all my with my childhood buddies what's the nitro circus it's like a trash it's like a bunch of x game stuff like how you're sitting the bmx's and has skateboarders and dirt bikes they're all doing backflips and all kinds of crazy shit okay crazy. like that's kind of, i love that shit man that's for sure my favorite shit that's fair you're missing me. no i mean I, I went to like one of these things one time and i watched the show and the parts where the people were doing things was dope the parts in between was terrible because it was like 20 minutes it was like a monster truck show with bmx dudes doing bmx shit or whatever and yeah 
man, a monster truck fell over and it took them like 20 minutes to get this fucking truck out the way or whatever. That shit I can't, I was like, I had no patience for. But like, I was really impressed with the dudes doing their BMX shit, like doing the flip de flips. And like, I was like, okay, that's pretty next level. Like, I got into cycling pretty heavy in the last few years. So I do fucks with the athleticism and like, I do fucks with the motocross people in like a conceptual way. It's just like, I never. It's just not around me. It's like it's just never. Nobody talks about it. It's just never around. But now I'm like, but, it sounds dope. B- BMX is, is what I had. Like that's what I was into before that, right? Me and my friends just had a little crew. We rode around, bunny hopping, shit, and jumping stuff, and wiping out. You know, it's good times. Those people like, are in Montreal for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's. But like, you know what, man? Like. Just to be a kid, like that's where you like you, you learn boundaries. Now you figure out what you can really do and what you can't do sometimes, you know what I mean? And you learn how to build your confidence up or challenge yourself or like get picked on by your friends and just laugh about it because you're like, ah, you don't don't jump that, you pussy. Like, you know what I mean? That's builds character, I think that's shit. Definitely does. Um especially with the freedom. That's the one thing y'all had that we don't have is freedom. The second the cell phone got linked up in my life, my parents could reach me. And that shit happened before I turned 18 and that shit changes everything. Ah, yeah, see. When I was young, the phone stayed at home on the wall, bro. Nobody can call me once I left the house. Like you said, I was free. Hmm. Cuz you yeah, I remember like there was a time where an hour could disappear and you could lie. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Now to be like checking the location, I should be like check it, check it. Like everybody, everybody is the police now. Yeah, like you'd be like, oh, oh, you know, I answer my message. I see you're online. Like, and I send you a question mark. Like, listen, man, I'm talking to somebody or whatever, right? Leave, not allowed to not be I leave people on red by accident all the time, and then I have to explain to them that I clicked on you by mistake, and I'm super sorry, but that's what happens, person. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's, it's not to take it personal, man. But people do, right? Like, Super even like, like, if somebody doesn't respond to me, I'm like, whatever. They don't respond after. Well, I usually just assume like that people who like don't respond that quick. Okay, people who don't respond that quick are busy, and I respect that life. And people who respond mad quick are either nerdy or busy or not busy. Because nerdy people be busy, but somehow still answering everybody. I can't. You know, I hate notifications. But like. Otherwise, man, like, it's what it is. It's people who are not that busy and looking to get busier that tend to be more demanding, I find, on the internet. I feel like uh, it turned into a lot of, oh, what are you saying tonight? It's like they're just asking six people what they're saying tonight, looking for the best bidder. Like, I ain't trying to bid up to see if I'm Ooh, I like that. It's facts. That's exactly what it is. The bidding war of what's my best option to be available. There's a non-committalness to that that I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have did that before. Pick up the phone and be like, "Hey," like, or you would. It'd be a lot more effort now. But now you can do it six people in five minutes. Be like, "Okay, I'll see what comes back." Cancel indiscriminately. Like, don't, even, don't, even send that message. don't send me that message. Just keep it. Like, take me out the group. Yeah, I've wildly seen people double book themselves as performers. Like, I'm like, how? Because they're not paying attention. It's all digital, and they psh, two shows the same day. I'm like, psh, what? That's wild shit. I've had two shows in the same day, but it's been like unknownly ones earlier than the other. Yeah, no, this was more like some, you could tell it was just some, nobody was paying attention in the DM shit. Yeah, like you can't be go do a show and be like, okay, I got to go to my next show. See ya, thanks. Like that's, or that's not cool. You can if you're like, 
everybody understands ahead of time. Like, I mean, there is a degree of like here and thereness to it, but there's more like when you can, because the, the social media world of non-committalness that you're describing, I find people just be wildly saying yes to shit, knowing they can back out. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's yeah, it's crazy. Or they get like just shit just changes, and they like whatever. I feel like when you have a actual verbal agreement, like when you look me in the face or. Even we talk on the phone, I say, so Tuesday, right? And you're like, yeah. I feel like it, I don't know, you're less likely to back out. But you still got to back out, though. I backed out of shit. I ain't going to stand on back out either. Nah, I try not to. I was really, yo, I was really bad about that shit when I was younger, and it got me nowhere. And then I realized it's bad politics to back out of everything. It just burns bridges. For sure. Because people stop inviting you to shit if you back out of everything. That was the big lesson I learned. Well, you are a brand, and we're all a brand. You know what I mean? You represent your brand everywhere you go, mm. whether you have a name on the brand or not. You know what I mean? Like you said, if and then people start being like, I'm not fucking with that brand no more. It's kind of exactly mm. what it is, even if you're a mechanic, whatever. But, um, so, yeah, what happens after you deal with high school? So you finish up that stuff, you're tearing it up with dirt bikes and all of that. You're into fixing stuff, and at this point, music's not really like a focal. That's what I understand. At this, at this point is when I turn to cars, mm. street racing. You got in street racing? Yeah, like for real reals? Oh, yeah. We used to street race all the time. Like every Fast weekend. and the Furious? Talk to me like that, bro. Fast and Furious. Bro, I was the I'm muscle car right era, bro. I was, before, <laughs> I was before these guys came out with their mom's civics. We used to slide around the corners and shit. Like, so when I was, like, obviously, like, civics came out a little bit. Hmm. I'm trying to think of how old I was when they started bringing all these civics. I was probably like early 20s. But before that, there was no like fast Hondas or nothing like that. You know, when you had a four-cylinder, you went and got groceries in it or whatever. If you had a fast car, it was the V8. And that was it. That was in the talk. Yeah. Back then, it was like a lot of Mustangs and shit. But my first car was an 84 Fiero, four-cylinder. And you would be. And then that leads into street racing. Well, that leads in, it absolutely does because my buddy Jerry, he has the Mustang. And so now, I, before I even got my car, I would go with him cruising around. He'd be racing. So I'm like, oh, man. Okay. This is just so like you see the guys. next man's and you guys give each other the signal, like you on, and you just psh, and start going. Yeah, you'd be cruising beside you. And you'd be, you hear him drop a gear. Like, you just know. That's wild. And then you hit the light, the light, whatever. And if you lose on the light, or you, like, a lot of times you'd race off the light. And if it was close, then you would go on the go. Or if you're going to go, it's close, then you go at the light. But if you just smoke the guy one way or the other, then it was like, and the guy knew he wanted to try again, right? That's, that's what we used to do all the time. That's amazing. So you're like, and, and like, does that like, pardon? Is there like an organization to this? Like, if a whole bunch of y'all are doing this, is there like a like a league or something? Hamilton has a huge, huge. Especially back then, like like street cars, like we like they go park down the Queenston Mall or down that Strather, not all the way down the other Nash by Nash now, sorry. And there's like like it'll be like a car show, just so many cars pulling, and then what it would so what it'll be then, and then you'll just hear them all start up, and then it's like a parade of all these nasty cars, and then they would go down by the spectator, and the guy, and they would have you would set up the races in the park lot, go down the spectator, and you'd be like, okay, me and you are gonna race. We'd pull over, we'd wait for the light turn red, pull out. Boom. Next to you guys, boom. Just like crazy like that. Or Eastport Drive. 
just it just used to be like that like crazy but that was before like they could come and take your car and crush it like, you couldn't do no more that. like now they, it, back then they would like they might you might take your car for the night or something but you could get your shit back you know what i mean they were now if you got caught you're a snake and take and go all right like it's different uh, so that's another example of how life was maybe more fun back in the day i would argue life was more fun Honestly, though, I think it has to do with the people were less reckless too. Like these guys with this Hondas be racing through red lights and around corners and endangering other people. When I was street racing, I was never like if people are mm-hmm. behind me, we're not gonna race. We'd pull down, drive, drive like thirty, let the people get ahead. We like you know it's good, right? And then you boom, you go. You don't be like to the traffic like these guys okay. do now. So you're saying people took it too far? Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. That's Fast and Furious. That's what Fast and Furious happened. Now everybody thinks they're fucking Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. And they're like crashing their civics all over the place. And like, there's not muscle cars crashing like crazy back in the day. Like, I'm sure there was some accident, but like, not, like these guys are like sliding, they're driving reckless. You know what I mean? There's no street racing and reckless. Now they call it street racing, right? Like, reckless street racing. Like, they think it's cool. As long as you get to the other end first. Like, no, you only got the other end because you risked three people's lives. Like, that's not a win. That's yeah, definitely that's a different fine. vibe. Um, and so you were like immersed into that culture, and that's kind of your main focus, and you're working with cars and whatnot. And how long does this phase last for? Um, definitely, I kept. I would say till I was about twenty six. I would, when I moved out, I went. I went moved out to Brantford when I met my girlfriend. Right. My own girlfriend. I went. To, I bought a house and all that. So when I moved out there, I kind of stopped working on the cars because I didn't like. I had a garage in Hamilton. Like my guy's like my dad, basically. Right away, he uh, he taught me everything about cars and all that. But my car stayed there, and I had the garage to work on that. But I went to Brantford; I didn't have no garage. None of my buddies that race cars were there, like so. Mm. Changed up. So the, changed up. So what? What is like the new fad over in, in Brantford? Brantford, there, like there, there's some cars there, but it's there, it's not like how Hamilton, where like people are cruising around town street racing and that. Like they like there's like a, you might see like eight, ten cars or something like Brantford, but like. You go to Hamilton, like 80 cars, 90 cars, like they're on a good night, you know what right. I mean? Like crazy cars. Dude. Some guys like trailer in their cars in because they got parachutes and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but like, but, so, yeah, like, so what do you get? What do you get up to once you move? Like, what takes over as your passions? Uh, well, when I was probably in my, I would say part of my transition, like I was playing a lot of ball hockey from 18 to like up into my late 30s. So I was playing a lot of ball hockey and I was actually started, uh, getting into working out and like I started having a job stuff you know what I mean like living with my girlfriend I, I honestly thought like I was moving towards the whole settle down thing and all that I guess you know I was just doing what I thought you mean I'm supposed to do I'm gonna be a better man than my dad that's why that was my attitude kind of thing but not knowing me maybe that wasn't my path right right so that you're basically following the what you're supposed to do path until for how long does that go on uh, well, I, I had, so like, so I was 32, I only had two girlfriends. So I had one girlfriend from 18 to 25, and then I had the other one from 25 to like 32. Yeah, so that was, yeah, so once, after, thir- after that, I was like, I, I'm very content by myself, and I didn't even know that. Right. You know, like, and honestly, big reason why it was like, the honestly, the final factor, like, but one for me anyways, in my heart, it was like, this girl doesn't care nothing about what I care about. Is one of my one of my buddies, Chris Slack. He had he came to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I make music." I'm, then I was like, "Oh shit, this is my opportunity to actually get a chance to record." Because 
when I started as Tupac, like I said, I was starting like making up my own songs. I was like almost like a closet rapper in my head. You know, like I wanted to do it, but I had no means. Now all of a sudden, I had the means. And she's like, "Oh, you're not fucking doing that. Embarrass me. This and that." And I'm like, "What?" Oh, those are not good words to hear. If you're like, "I want to be a rapper," and embarrass me. That's not nice. Yeah, yeah, and like she hated my car. And she hated that I have a dirt. Like all the stuff that I love, that was like no bueno on her books, right? And I was like, "You know what? This is this isn't how it's supposed to be." Like I understand compromise, but I'm not giving up everything I love. Facts. It's not fair. That's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, when I approached the relationship this time around, it was not my first rodeo. So I came in and I'm like, here's what's up. I'm a rapper. And this is the most important thing in my life. Now, you can always be important. But, like, high key, I can't promise you that in a moment where rap, you know, like, I don't know. And now I've been with her for a very long time. So evidently, she's now very entrenched into my life. And I don't know that I would be so callous with my words. But... Yo, from day one, she knew that this is what it was that that I cared about. And that was dope because she backed it. But, like, if she had been like, that's not it, I'd be like, nah, this isn't about compromise. You're trying to keep me from being me. See, see I think what the, I think what happened here is the girl I was with, Mr. Pitcher, was your girl didn't, like, you got to see that. If I'm that passionate about this, mm. I could be that passionate about you, too. Like, I could love stuff like this at this level. Why do you not see that instead of saying, don't love that, just love me? Like, be like, you know what? Ooh. So, like, I, yeah, I see I what you're saying. Pardon? I said, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think, like, your girl appreciates that. Like, you're not passionate about something. Like, she knows you're not worried about going to find some little hoes or get up to no good. Or, you know what I mean? She knows oh, he's at he's at the studio or he's doing his podcast. Like, he loves that shit. Like, you know what I mean? And he loves me. So, like, that's why, what she got to be mad about. You know what I mean? But not everybody sees it that way, but. Yeah, a lot of people I feel struggle like that. with that stuff. So you're in like your early 30s then when you get an opportunity to start music is what I'm understanding. Yeah, I didn't start rapping until I was 32. Well, no, I was like 31. I might have been 30, but I never recorded my first first song. Well, the first one I recorded myself, I was 32 because I did it. It was called Happy Birthday. And I recorded it on my birthday. I took the Friday off. I, I recorded my first song ever in my life. But I had one before that. I was probably like 30. I might have been 30 or 31. I'd say, yeah, somewhere around there. Trey Deuce. So, like, that's what I actually. Yeah, because it's wild to me, right? Like, I started rapping late in my head at like 24, 25. And you're saying you started at like 30, right? Because I'm feeling like I started late because, I mean, I really, like, I'm hitting my 10 years now of like doing it proper, I would say, or like seriously. Um, Now, and I'm 34. So, like, you be like, starting only a couple years back in my life so to speak and you still like running it so to me that's super noteworthy because not a lot of people my age be doing fuck all the creative passions unless they're making money off of it directly but you enter they're like nah i'm gonna go spend money on music and shit now in my early 30s well like what made you do that that's a wild thought for me why not do it i wanted to do it bro it's like i said like it I want to write my legacy, you know what I mean? I want to have something that, like, it's just forever, right? And honestly, it's like therapy for me. When I'm writing the music, it takes you to a certain place. It's just like, when, like, same thing like riding a dirt bike. When I'm riding a dirt bike, flying through the woods, I don't think about anything. No stress, nothing about work, nothing about anything, you know what I mean? The music does the same thing. Mm. If I'm having a bad day or, like, something's going, some stuff's out of your control and you can't, you can't fix it. And sometimes you have something that can fix it. For me, that's usually music and weed. 
You know, you, but you know, I mean, but like honestly, like some people it's painting, some people they want to go for a run, whatever it is your thing, you got to do it. And honestly, it, it's just it was in my like I knew I wanted to make music, and the fact I was telling I couldn't, it almost made it. You know, when you can't have something, you want it more. Mm, yeah, I do know that. And then now I got it, and I can do. Like, honestly, when I moved from my girlfriend's house, I moved in with two guys, my buddy Slack and my buddy Whitbone. And these guys are like, they were they're like in bands and all this shit. And then that's when I found out I could play drums. I started playing drums then. Like I always wanted to play drums for my whole life, but the, there was no chance that I'm getting a drum kit. But then they bought an electric drum kit, and then we started a band, the Never Willbies. So you be, you did it like all with an electric drum kit. No, I had a, I had so this is I'm, I, I get obsessive with stuff. So like, I I they brought the electric drum kit, and I started playing it. And they're like, "Why you play drums?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And so they're like, we should make a band. And so as soon as they're like that, I went and bought an acoustic drum kit. And then I had to have this like $4,000 drum, per, black pearl drum kit, double hi-hats. <laughs> I just went off, bro. You know what I mean? Every week I'd be going to buy a new symbol just because. And and in Brantford, that's really where my, like I got into music because the, the circle of people I was around was very musically oriented. So they're the ones who got me like into like, like I always seen how I could record myself. And like play the drums and we're making songs and like how i see how we can put the stru- like you mean understand the structure i see how we're doing this you know what I, mean? I learned a lot definitely even still to this day i i still fucks all those guys you know what i mean and we're they still making music i'm still making music but definitely they uh they let me get my outlet going get my feet wet so you're basically a drummer before you're a rapper so the deal was <laughs> so me and slack made a deal I said, listen, I'll play drums, but I want you to record me a rap CD. That was the deal. So then, but then we never ended up finishing my CD till like later on. But yeah, so definitely, like my first performance live ever was I was a drummer. I played drums. So you've done both rapping and drumming. Which is a more fun performance? Uh, I think. It depends on a lot of the crowd, right? For sure. But for me, I like, I, I definitely like the hip hop when it's, uh, it's good energy. But for, because when we, when I went and did my band, it was just me and one guy when we were performing. And then after, I was in a, like, I had a country band just a little while ago, too. I was a drummer. And, and we have some songs like I rap, a drum, whatever. But playing with that band, I, it was really fun because we can go play anywhere. You know what I mean? So, but I would say I like the hip hop better, just because mostly because there's a lot less stress, like trying to maintain five guys in a band and everybody's shit, right? So it's a lot more work. I, I love both, I guess. At the end of the day, as I answer my question, I really like like I love playing the drums. It's fun. So that's my answer. So you're playing the drums. Do you guys like tour or go like go around, or is it more like local? No, we were just local. We uh, local, but we had like. We had just got started, and the COVID fucked us all up. Then we weren't doing gigs, and then now my one homie he moved out east, and that so kind of that's kind of the wheels fell off that now. So that's why I'm just back harder on the hip hop now, and now I'm focused on just getting like, doing me instead of everything else, right? So you're doing the drumming thing. Well, when what you like, around what year do you start the drumming, or like that phase? Uh, it was probably the same. It was like the same time. Like my pretty much my whole. Oh, like being able to create, become a creator with music was around the same time. Like when I left 
my girlfriend and moved in with my buddies. And there was the so, three of us. So, what, so like, what around what year was that? Uh, oh, jeez, that's thirteen. Thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. I'm trying to think. Thirteen years ago. Oh, thirteen. Two thousand. Two thousand eight or nine. Okay. I think it was like late two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So sure, two thousand eight or nine. That's when you start getting into the drumming and starting to do the your buddy as the studio and you start recording. Then, I know you guys didn't finish the CD, but did you finish any songs back then as a rapper? Yeah, yeah. My first song was to a mob deep getaway. Use that beat, and then. Uh, we actually finished the CD, the CD about a, uh, a couple of years after we finished the 13 track CD, but we never ever released it or nothing. We never, he still has it on his computer, he told me actually. Huh. But then I, what happened is I moved back to Hamilton and then I started like uh, going to Envision Studio out here, meeting some people out here. And then eventually I bought Envision Studio. Now that's my studio because he was like, I'm closing up. I was like, what? That's crazy. I, like, what are you doing with all your stuff? He's like, I'm going to sell it. I'm like, well, then I'm buying it. I'll just start learning the stuff. Okay, so basically, you you put a you you guys make the CD while you're still in Bramford, and what what are you rapping as at that point? Mr. Burns. Okay, because I know I I met you as bro. I'm self-made too. I always been said self-made since the day first day. That was just my little thing, right? Right. And then so you come through, and what's your like style like back then? I would say it's the same kind of style. Like, well, I think I'm, I definitely evolved more, but it's, I'm definitely still on like a, a storytelling and have structures to my songs, have the hook, maybe have somebody sing on a hook or, you know what I mean? I, I still doing kind of the same thing, but just not, I think I'm on a higher level now. Right. I was trying to do, I was trying to do back then what I'm doing now, maybe, you know, like I still have the same direction. I was trying to tell my story. Like, like I said, I wasn't trying to sound cool, make bars or something. I was just trying to, when I hear a beat, I'll hear a hook right away or something. And then once I hear the hook, then now I'm going to tell something that correlates to that hook. And then it just kind of all goes together. When I, as soon as I feel a beat, I'll like feel it. I'll be like, yeah, this beat, I like it. Like mm. my song, Blessed. I'm feeling blessed. Next thing I know, I, I recorded the hook that night. And then I didn't even do the verse until like a year later. Because I was, trying, I was waiting for my one buddy's going to get on it with me in that. So, yeah, that's how that one came out. Ah, that's fair. Um, Sometimes waiting on buddies can be a frustrating experience is what I've learned with the features game. Um, it is. Well, you know, I know what sucks is then is when I go do shows and then all my new songs that like I do because having a studio, it's easy to get collabs and features. Like you end up guys like, oh, want to jump on us? Or, hey, can I jump on you? Like, you know, it just happens organically lots of times, right? And like I said, I've never been about like, oh, it's me, me, me. So I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I at the end of the day, it's a competition too. If I'm getting on a song with somebody, I want to see if I can beat them or where I'm at with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. If you ain't doing hip hop for a comp, like at the end of the day, it's competition, like at some level, right? Like That's anything fair. you do, you want to. Like you, you know, do want to be the best at this, or at, even if it, you do want to be the best at this, or at least, like, I don't want to look whack next to you. Like, I don't know if I really care about crushing a man's on a song. But, like, I also don't want to be the worst rapper on the song because that would be shitty. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not, like, I mean, I, I think it's, honestly, it's probably more competition with myself. It's, like, I'm testing myself, you know what I mean? See where I stand at. Like, I'm not, it's not necessarily that I'm coming because I'm going to do what I do on the song. Now I'm going to see how that stacks up to what you do. Like, I'm not going to try to talk what you talk on the song or whatever. You I mean, I'm still going to do me either way, right? And if, 
like it's not like I'm trying to go to like body the guy like oh I want to hear your verse so I can try to top it no I'm going to speak the verse that I want to do anyways you know what I mean I don't think it's going to change my direction so like I think I said it wrong in the sense of like it is a competition but amongst the guys too but I mean for me it's I'm, I'm about challenging myself I'm, I'm trying to always level up you know what I mean try to get better or whatever no, learn something I definitely hear that but it's also a challenge to get those songs performed in real life absolutely because then nobody like I just went through this for this show like I got I record all these guys work with all these artists and when it's time I'm like hey man I got a show cut oh I'm busy uh, well you know I'm like it's fucking a month away how are you busy now bro bro I don't are understand like- that all the fucking time bro I do not understand how you can't tell me like a month in advance the Saturday yet. Like either if I just don't get it. Like, but this is the same kind of people that be call me be like, "Hey Burns, can you drop everything? I'm on my way. I need this right now." And I'll be like, "Okay, I got you, fam," and I do it. And I say, "Hey, la la, uh, you know, it's windy out. I got a green shirt on today. I feel weird. Like I, I want you to wear blue. Like you know what I mean? Come on, bro, stop." So I'm just dismissing with the energy, bro. <laughs> Saying, hey, Burns, what's up? And then, well, how come you don't help me? Like, because I'm done helping people, bro. There's a point when helping becomes using, brother. You know what I mean? No, so, I'm, bro, like, Chantel, just like, don't get him started. But meanwhile, I'm like, you got to understand. Sometimes you try to do things, and then you need the cooperation of other people. And then all of a sudden, it's like nobody remembers anything that you ever did. And I don't want to be that guy because it's not very becoming to be like, well, I did shit for you, but you got, you know, but like you start to think, you start to see like the bigger habit of like, sometimes people don't give a shit, especially if it's like slightly inconvenient to their personal goals. And when it's convenient to their immediate goals, then they're interested. Like, yo, if you want to do something a month away, you, it's cause you're down for the cause, you know, like that requires commitment. And that's where it's like, okay, so people are fickle with it, you know? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm going through that re- now as I'm trying to set shit up in the future. And I'm like, wow, man, nobody can commit to shit. Or, like, I'll send off features to people in that one where it's like, yeah, I'm so down to be on the song. Eight months goes by. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't even know if I like this song anymore. That's eight months ago's vibe. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, when it comes to me, like I ain't keeping score, but with it, it comes down to respect or disrespect kind of thing, bro. Like you know what I mean? It's the baseline. Like it's like it, I don't care what your balance is. Is your credit good with me? You know what I mean? Can you get the credit card? Like you know, what I mean? you guys start taking away these credit cards off these fucking guys, and they want to run up their balance. You know what I mean? Like, put it, but it's not even about keeping score per se. It's just like yeah, definitely not. I don't keep score because I know I got There's too many people out there, and like it's more about like protecting energies, right? So for me, it's like if you can't at least be like excited about it, or you know, that's the energy that might kill the vibe, and that's something that I have to protect the people that are like not. I know it sounds weird, but like if you're curating an experience, it's kind of on you to protect the energies of the people you invite in. Like if you're the host of a party and shit. You can't invite everybody. You kind of, like, to some degree have to pay, like, attention because some people be, like, buzzkills and they just want to be buzzkills. And it's, you don't want them to be, but they just choose to be. Yeah, yeah, some people just are looking for a confrontation sometimes to get drunk or something or whatever. But, yeah, man, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, 
I'm excited for like the like everything being back, the shows and all that shit. So like I wanna like I got I got my set up this weekend I got my set all set up and my set's crazy. And I got my homie came back because like I said, it goes down to the like, respect thing, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter, I don't see you for a year or something. I say, Hey, yeah, got you. That's it, done. You know what I mean? That's how it should be. Facts. That's how I operate. That's how I operate. You know what I mean? If you're moving different, don't come and try to move with me then. You know what I'm saying? It's, it should be the end of a conversation. Yeah? Yeah? Done. Unless there's a legit reason, then okay. But a month away, there's a legit reason, bro? Well, I mean, a month away, it's like either a really legit reason. Like somebody hit me like, yo, come through on this date. But I'm like, bro, somebody hit me before you on the exact date at that exact time. I can't come through. That's a legit month away reason. But unless you can, you know, in in that degree, like, be like, look, there is, you know, but most people are just non-committal. It's more like, I'm going to see what's up that weekend. It's more the vibe. And it's like, nah, that's that's not, like, I'm only stressing this because it might seem like I'm, like, whatever, trying to create whatever. But, like, I've been, like, integrating back into the live scene in my city, right? And I'm seeing how the shows don't start late because the promoters are fucking around. The shows start late because the rappers aren't there. That's crazy. They come That's late. Crazy. They don't show up on... Because, you know, if the rappers... If you're a promoter and three of your, let's say, names aren't necessarily on time, are you going to start your show not having a full roster? Or are you going to let it be a little bit? Because, you know, this, that, the next thing. So it gets more stressing if you're the promoter. How do you know? And, I'm like, I, I started realizing. And it didn't matter what show I went to. It didn't matter. It was, like, all of them. Whether I rapped at the show or not, except for the yeah. one time it was one act and it was their album release party, that was different. But anytime it was like multiple artists, it's like a chunk of them didn't come. And I'm like, that's so wild to me. So it's like this commitment thing. It's something that maybe it's just like the whole artist world needs to hear a little bit because that's the reaction that regular fans have when they come to your show like when regular ass people the ones that we want to come actually show up they feel like that, that that's crazy to me like I, like i've never seen like i've done tons of shows and i've never seen like a bunch of guys never show up or coming up late some guys come late sometimes but generally for shows like especially around here like we'll have like there'll be like lots of guys in the bills and the guys will be there what sucks is those as soon as they perform they just everybody starts peeling off one by one right Mm. I said done, I'm going home. So, but as far as like showing up, everybody's usually there, ready to have their time. Yo, we got a different there. problem. They're there. They're just not in the venue. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, because here's the thing. What I'm realizing is most of us smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. We're not really drinking like that. And so, like, we just want to smoke six joints and cigarettes in a row. A lot of people just want to smoke, and there's no inside smoking. So I've noticed that at festivals, it's um, people be, like, wildly at the show. And then inside, what's up, Linda? And then at, at like, the bar shits, like, so they had to turn on the smoke. Uh, like, I did a show on Saturday. So they had to turn on the smoke machine at one point and fuck up the lighting because certain people were, like, lighting up in the back. But unless you're going to, like, that extreme everybody's outside and most people were cowards so everybody's outside not lighting up inside the bar and so they're all missing the show and that but how do you i don't know how to deal with all that i do know that in my city at least motherfuckers wildly don't show up when they're supposed to and it like so i hear this and i'm like yeah that's that non-committal shit but i don't know maybe your scene is more tight 
Maybe you guys do sound check. <laughs> we don't do sound check. Do actually, and like, uh, we'll see how it is when we're coming back now with the scene. But like, I'm speaking on it before. Like, oh, like the scene was pretty popping before. And it started slow before COVID. So, but we used to have like a bunch of promoters. It'd be like uh, two shows in the weekend easily, right? And it wasn't a bunch of flop artists. Yes, wow. How, I didn't even know it was like that. I mean, we got a lot of stuff popping off. That I'm not gonna. I don't want to diminish anything on the Montreal scene. I was just commenting that I noticed this pattern of artists, but otherwise, shit's super lit, and there's a whole bunch popping off. But like, um, when did you start getting into the performing and the hip hop side of things? When I came back to Hamilton, I came uh, hang out with my homie uh, Toxic, and then he took me to the one studio, kid studio, and then uh, hooked up with that. That one guy, Jake, he was always doing shows all the time. So then I just started doing shows, and then... Uh, so what, what, I, what year was that about? Probably like 2010 or 11 or something. Okay. So you've been doing, like, live shows for, like, a decade then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing for sure. There's a bunch... Let's see my wall. I got a bunch of posters all on it. Is that all you? Yeah, yeah, and a whole bunch of ones. Like oh, say a word. That's. Shout out to. He's printed out again. So we redid it, but yeah, it's just. You know? Yeah, that's all. I got this one. Highly anticipated. That one just happened, or is that upcoming? That's this Friday. That one's I, upcoming. I have actually. Yeah, that's lit. And where is that? At the same. At Club Absent. And that's up by you in Hamilton? Uh, King William, downtown Hamilton. Yeah, that's dope. Can the people cop tickets off you? Absolutely. Get at me. Ten bucks a ticket, man. And you can get them online, too. I, I don't know the link, yeah, honestly. But you, but... So you can buy them online and shit, but if you can't cop them off Mr. Ross Burns, you should cop them off of Mr. Ross Burns, is all I'm trying to say. That's the polite thing to do. <laughs> Um, so you've been doing it for a while and I see you got some names over there, right? Like that's pretty fucking wild. So tell us a bit about your live performing experience. And is it mostly like in Hamilton? Like, is it like, like, should I be going out to Hamilton to peep the scene? Cause it's lit. Scene's about to get lit again. I think, like I said, we're about to see like, well, actually the scene is pretty lit right now. I can't even say it's not because we got a bunch of these young guys that are going hard, like West Gray and his boys. DNA crew, like they're doing shows like every weekend, these guys. And then there's the K Triggs, he's out here. So there's a little a generation of young soldiers coming up that are, I see they're doing like shows every weekend, every second weekend. So I don't want to say, like, I've already done one show, but uh, like, uh, like I said, I feel like it's coming back hard now. Yeah, you should definitely come on, come on, come on, rock on a show. Yeah, definitely come on, bro. I'm, I'm saying is if I get booked in Hamilton, I'll figure that shit out because I gotta go say shit like I performed in Ontario. Because when you're not in Ontario, that's like a hotter sentence. I know it's weird, but like performing in Montreal ain't a thing to me. <laughs> that's where it's always been. No, for real. If you want to perform, bro, my homeboy CY right now just put up the fucking posting. I can link you with that shit. Chantal, if you're listening, remind me. Uh, and yeah, man, you just hit him up and be like, yo, I'll come through from whatever. And it's like end of June, June 25th. It's the same bar i was at last time two days ago is fucking underground as fucking montreal but it's a vibe it's that simple hit the man's up you can get that shit get on the set yeah bro you like i said man you come through here too i got shows coming up too 
I'm going to be throwing a show too. So if you're looking to get out here, you can come here. Bro. I even got a spot. I got the whole studio. That's you it. Stay down a you know what I mean? Make a week, a weekend thing out of it, you know? Yeah, that's totally a very viable thing we can set up in the future. I'm super interested in that kind of stuff for real because it's really good for TikTok. Like, super good for TikTok. Like, I know it sounds wild. Sorry? I don't TikTok, yeah. I don't TikTok, but honestly, I, what I like about performing out of the town and stuff and in different cities is it's a, like, like, like I said again, it's a challenge because now you got a bunch of people who don't know who the fuck you are. You know what I mean? Nobody's there to say, yeah, I'll go Ross. Like, I want the shows to go by myself or like just me and Eddie G, my camera guy, and I'll be going to Oshawa. Hold on, Eddie G's your camera, your camera guy? Eddie G's, like, Eddie G's been the least fuck. Oh, man, he, me and him, he used to go, like, every weekend, I used to be doing shows. Like, I, I was going hard that couple years ago, and Eddie would come all the time, and he'd be doing interviews and this and that, and he would get a bunch of pics of me and shit. And, yeah, he, this is this is Hamilton, Eddie's Hamilton home over here, so he's to go. That's dope. I got. I had the pleasure of talking to Eddie G. He was. He's a cool dude. We did this shit. Uh, good, like year nice. ago. So, um, so you basically are performing live throughout your local scene. You're opening up for big names. Do you get to meet some of these people? Uh, I'm not really like that. Like a starstrucker kind of guy like that. You could. Like I know you could like meet. Like I opened up for Mad Child and that. Uh, you're like, I just did the shot and give a fuck. <laughs> Joel Ortiz would have been cool maybe to me. Maybe, I don't know. But I I, I met him, had a picture now with him, but it's not like I chopped up with him. But I did get a picture of Joel Ortiz. So, like, I guess I I guess I met him. But, like, I, to me, like, I mean, I, it's not like I sat down and chopped him up. Like, no, like me and you are, you know what I mean? So Could you have? But I, I did meet him. But, like, so if cool. you had wanted to chop it up with him, were you, like, in a position... Because you know, I never did one of these shows where, like, you open up for one of these people. So, I don't know. Like, is it, like, Mads comes in, does his set and dips? Is it, like, he sticks around and you can chop it up with him? Like, I don't know what the vibe's like. They're all different. They're all different, right? Some of the guys, some guys would be, like, right, I heard, like, Snack would be at the show and he'd be, like, in the crowd drinking with the fans. Like, I'd have to be, like, yo, what's up? Like, he's cool like that. But, like, some guys are not like that, right? Some guys would be, like, I'm coming with my time for him. When I'm done, I go. <laughs> no, that's fair. I don't know. It's cool either way, right? I can understand how they don't want to. I mean, like every night, people say, "Oh, you're the man, you're a man." Like, 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 like mean this probably cause it issues sometimes and shit. You know what I mean? Or they got to go on the road and just be at the next place yeah. and do the same shit. Like I can understand a guy that wants to just come out when it's his turn, I guess. You know, and keep. It almost keeps the mysterious, like, in this up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. then you want to go instead of being like, "Oh, I know he'll be fucking chilling in the crowd." So but, so, so yeah, basically like you're running through the part where you've got like you've got you're going these shows and then at what point do you buy the studio? Um I would say two thousand I think I built the booth in two thousand twelve, so I had the studio probably two thousand eleven I would say. Probably I would say first I had a I had a I think called a Roland Boss. It's like a portable recorder, and that's what I had first. That was my first studio. But then when I got like an actual computer with the big the, uh, the interface and all that, yeah, I would say twenty eleven. So you do you like at that point do you like open up the studio to people so that like you're like the guy people start coming to record at and whatnot, or is it more just you have the studio? 
No, 100% when I opened it up, I was recording way more people than I was recording myself. It's kind of always been that way for me, to be honest. Like I said, I'm I'm huge about the culture and shit, right? So, like, I'll even show you right here. If you check out the booth, you'll see all the signatures on the wall of people. Right. Like, I've been here recording and shit, right? So, like, I've... That, that was more... Definitely, until honestly, until mostly now. Like, now I'm starting to focus more on some solo music and stuff. The, mostly the whole time I've been in the studios, they've had my studio and I've been recording way more people than I've been recording myself. But with that said, to me, it was also because in the beginning I was just recording tons of people for free because I was learning my art. I was learning it, you know what I mean? So I work with, I work with, but the more artists I work with, the better it was for me because I got different, like, uh, I learned something different from everybody. Right. You know what I mean? So that was, uh, yeah. Definitely, I record a lot more people than I recorded myself for sure. That's just how it's always. Like I said, I'm about like I just love the the culture and everything. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I'm the best rapper. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think that. I know I can rap. But I don't think I'm the best rapper. Like at the end of the day, I like I just love like the whole the whole thing like mixing the mash. Like when I when you come here record a song and you're like oh that's pretty good and then I start mixing that and you're like what the f that sounds fucking sick. You know what I mean? Then I. And then I make like your dream come true. That's that's just as good for me when I make my own song. You know what I mean? Like the satisfaction of that. So I really enjoy recording other people lots of times. Like like when especially when it's a banger song. You know what I mean? So I've recorded lots of different stuff, like covers, like people doing Elton John covers. To I recorded like like the country band. We were one song by my style with the Eric Provo band. I did like we did the harmonic and everything in here. All the instruments and shit at my house, so you know I me. Mean? It's always like I, like I said, grind equals growth. Right? I always trying to evolve and learn new stuff. It keeps it in, keeps me intrigued. I guess you know what I mean. So basically, you have a whole ass studio that you've ran for over ten years. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And yes, you got all the people's coming through, and from what I can tell, it's not free no more. But it's not free no more. <laughs> <laughs> But on top of that, you don't just do hip-hop. You fuck with anything because... And that's harder because I've heard horror stories of recording drums. So, like... it, oh, Yeah, self-made studios. That's, a, that's probably the, the, fair enough. And you got the whole everything there. But, like, to me, that's just, like, wildly impressive for, like, a portfolio of stuff. Respect. Uh, because you're also performing this whole time as well. And so you've basically been pushing this. Do you, is you just like completely sustainable for you? You're just like, this is what you do? Yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do when I, oh, I bang 10 all day and then I come home and I do music generally. Mm. I move. Or like, uh, like, I do other stuff too, but I mean, as far as like, I would say this is my main hobby for sure. Or not, and like you said, though, I also make some money off sometimes, whatever, right? I mean, if you could make any money off of it in Canada, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> and I say that because, like, only 10% of fucking musicians in our country eat off their music. So, I mean, it's 90% of people are not eating off their music. You know what? That's because the money's in the production. I made way more money off my studio than an artist, I'm sure. Mm. I think a lot of us don't play the game right on like high key, like... I didn't know shit all about press kits until I started doing this interview show. I didn't know about booking agents. I didn't know what managers did. I didn't know what A&Rs did. I didn't know about digital CVs and all of the SOCANs and 
Then I learned all of that shit doing this shit, and I was like, man, on paper, I am, like, not it as an artist. And so I had to start rectifying that shit and making sure that, like, piece by piece, you know, my online portfolio of sorts is up to date. But not, like, in, like, a social media way, but more like, where's the website that shows I can rap? Like, what's the proof I can perform? How do you get that proof? You got to go film your footage. So I did like a bunch of shit, but none of it's online. You don't know it. There's no evidence. It doesn't matter. It never happened. You know? Uh, so. Sorry? Hold all the stuff off? No, nah, it was just 2012 to 2016 era. So like, I actually realized I have a camera here where I have a performance back in the day where a bunch of girls were like super drunk on stage with me. So I'm like, I should probably get that. But otherwise, nobody films shit like that. Or it was like the old days on like the shitty grainy Facebook phones, you know, like like back in the days. Like it wasn't like now and I, I wasn't on my shit. So the number of like there's pictures, you'll see a lot of pictures, but that's not proof yeah. of it, you know. And then the music's all shit from back then, so you don't like how, you know, you evolve and whatnot. So like, nah, I learned really like big, like, yo, like this press kit shit is like storytelling so that when people look at you, like it's more. And like, so I had to learn a lot about the business side of how to be an artist, like the brand, the part that you were describing earlier to represent it and how to do that so that it's not like you're just a hobbyist, but like you've actually got something like a monetizable service. Like I want people to pay me to rap. I got paid to rap this year. Somebody gave me money, money. Not like for ticket sales. Not you did your 30-minute set. Regardless, here's your little bit of money. I want yeah. that on repeat. <laughs> that's, that's a dream, right? But I don't know, man. Like, uh, like it's like if you if that happens, it happens. I mean, like that's—I I never started rapping to try to think I'm gonna be a superstar. Like, like. Nah, you—you you, you definitely need somebody behind you that's gonna go do all that shit for you, cause you are too kind-hearted, sir. Hold <laughs> me down on that shit, bro. That's how I connected with you, right? Facts, cause so, yeah. I mean, it's facts actually. More people need Chantal like people in their life for real. Yeah, she definitely makes my life easier in the sense of like she holds it down on like the online side of things and like because I'm in the studio trying to. Yeah, like make music and doing whatever you know what i mean so and i'm not just like i said i'm not really into that I'm like, I'm not like that man so it definitely helps then that's what i mean at the end of the day i'm like that's what you need at the end of the day you need a team you give me the world doesn't matter your song's never gonna it's not gonna happen if you don't have a team that sticks behind you and supports you for real then like you know what i mean like i said back in the day all these guys had like their you had your crew like tupac had the outlaws eminem had d12 like Everybody, had, you had to have your support system. There has to be a support system in place, or there's no support. Like you know what I mean? No, but it's even even what you said is big there. So like, it doesn't matter what support system you have behind the scenes. High key, like yo, I can I have trouble getting six motherfuckers to show up to a music video shoot if I wanted it. That makes like. Yo, if you actually go look at my music video efforts, you'll see a huge ass lack of extras. That's how hard it's been for me to get motherfuckers to show up. So it's like, yo, I look at people who can get 40 dudes rolling deep in the hood type shit. I'm like, how in the fuck did you get 50 people to show up? <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah, that's got to have some incentives, I guess. I don't even, honestly, when I do my videos, I don't even try it. I haven't even tried to do that kind of such a hard thing to do, to really, uh, commit to any kind of thing. 
people are cautious too because like i said going back to like the whole even as an artist like you're putting yourself out there right right so now if you're a video and then your friends like well who the fuck's that loser rapper why are you in that guy's video like even though you're just doing because you're my homie now they're gonna hit on you because you're just, like you it's like some people do it just to protect themselves maybe feel like oh, i don't i don't really know what it's all about I'm not sure, but if 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 you were famous and blown up, then everybody would want to come because they know now it's oh yeah for sure I'm gonna look cool. It's on Ross's video, mm. you know what I mean? I definitely <laughs> think there's a a level of cloud cloudiness to people's relationship with you, facts. If people think that shit's gonna blow up, they don't want to miss the boat. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be like, uh uh. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, imagine you had the opportunity to be in a music video that was gonna be considered a classic. You'd probably want to be in that video. You'd make more of an effort. Whereas one time Carl Wolf did a music video and I could have gone and been in that music video and I just wasn't motivated enough to go in Carl Wolf's music video. Like, he just did that one song and that's what I know him for. <clears throat> well, that's, that is what it is though, right? What do you mean? We all make our choices. And nah. there's a reason. So I hear what you're saying with that. So you're basically running this stuff and then covid kicks in and your band situation doesn't function in the direction you want it to go and you decide to triple down on hip-hop and run this that's what i this is exactly what happened so uh how, how do things change for you with that is it just like more because it sounds like a lot of this is like you was already just doing music and now you're just like pivoting into doing different music yeah like now it's now I'm mostly like just doing, like, just work on my own music because it's way easier to focus on it. You know what I mean? I got like, I work on my own time schedule and it's just, I feel so much organic. It's, I'm doing it at like at my pace and I'm enjoying it, right? Like I got a bunch of songs in the bank. I'm just sitting on, I just releasing some songs, whatever. I, 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 what, what's happening now is I'm starting to lo like love it again. I feel like it was getting to a point where I was like, I'm not happy right now like doing it. I mean, it was, I was losing the happiness because I was feeling like a, just constantly always doing in the studio all the time doing other shit other shit and it's like it also has big part of it was my job because i was like running jobs and shit like as a format they like i'm so when that was happening my music side went Psh. and then when i switched down with different company now i'm like i, I started wanting to be like, get my creative juices going again like you I mean i wanted to do it so then once i came back i had the band and i was still doing my rap thing too but i was more focused on the band 100 percent. but then like and I started falling off because at the end of the day, if I'm being honest with you, with this, like my whole self-made brand and everything, like I don't, I, like I want to have artists. Like I, I would like to sign artists or like, you know, sign whatever you want to call it. I mean, like have artists that I know is like, this is my artist. I'm going to work with him, mm. try to bring him up, teach him, like, like help him. Like, you mean work together. That's what, like, that's what my ultimate goal is now at this point. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, that's also a really valuable goal because there's a lot of people out there that need a lot of help. I, I, yeah, uh, honestly, I was, uh, and like it, it makes me, it, it helps, like it feels good for me too, you know what I mean? So if, if I can, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just what music is for me, man. So I want to, that's like, that's how I want to continue making music. I want to keep rapping forever. Like, look at me, bro. Oh, man. You know what I mean? I don't know, because like so, I'm a little different. I want to be the guy with the old man beard rapping. Like, I look at Black Dye and I look at like Method Man and all these dudes and. There's still Eminem's like 50. He's still rapping. I hear he's got a new album coming. Yeah, 
you know, just cut. I can. Right, you're 100 percent right. That's why. I said, but like, sorry, yeah, it's good. Yeah, again. you're right. I probably will never. Like, it, like I'll probably never stop making it, but like. Uh, I don't know. It's just a different world uh, like now because it's never been possible, I guess, in anyone's mind to be a 55-year-old rapper. But yo, Rakim still be doing shit and Big Daddy Kane still... They're not necessarily like every day all the timing it, but like they still be out there. They just have... And uh, I don't know. started, bro. Yeah, I, I feel like it's cool though that you want to take your ambitions and flip it towards helping other people. And do you do like uh, you do all these music videos as well? Is that like something you're heavily involved with, or do you let other people do the music video stuff? So I, my homie Josh Chiller, CT Media. Shout out to him. He holds me down with the music videos all the time, and then uh, and we just work together. Like we we get like a little idea, then we go find a spot, then we shoot it out, and then like sometimes they're like my one homie Schwab come. And, that when we did the song tripping he helped out with the camera on that too so definitely heavily involved with that that whole side of that too and i, I really like that too it's, it's super fun man like just doing us i really enjoy it you know what i mean and at the end of the day then now it's something that's permanent forever right now i have that forever that music video it saved that time in my life so i don't know like a photograph but way better yeah, I never heard anybody describe a music video as like as it's almost like a, a self, like, like a memory reel of some. Like I never saw it that way. I'm, to me, it's mad marketing promotion material. Like I have to make music videos, not like I like. I mean, not, not, I like it more, but you know, at the beginning, I hated doing them. It was more like I had to do them. <clears throat> See, this is it goes back to exactly how I was saying that. Like I don't, like I don't do it to try to think I'm gonna be rich and famous and make money on music. I make music because it's seriously like good for my soul you know what i mean if i was to make money like, don't get me wrong if this might try to hand me a bag i'm not gonna say no but I, I, like i'm doing it because like i i feel no stress that i feel like oh i gotta make some money for this because i have my like i have a, a good job i have a train so I, I i'm all right on that i'm more concerned about getting the like the the feeling i want more than the money i guess you know what i mean the, the release or the how i feel about the songs or just if you were like like high key if you were on tiktok just saying that shit every day like a one like two three times a day just had a thought and shared it with that tone of voice and that beard bro (laughs) you are in such a good place i promise you i i'm just saying man because you be saying like really good shit here it's not just vapid marketing stuff it's just 20 year olds are on tiktok 16 year olds are on tiktok if you really want to reach the youth that's where they be and what you're saying is fire actually and you can just pull out your phone and be like blah 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 and that's a that's a tiktok dude i know i know <laughs> the one that the dispenser i go to she's talking about how she has like a big phone on tiktok she's like you should go on tiktok and i can show you like show you on my tiktok yeah, I, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I understand it's the marketing key because uh, Chantel was trying to get down to TikTok too. It's way funner than the other ones. That's the only thing I can say in defense. Like the other social media apps make me feel stressed and to a degree I don't like to browse on them. TikTok is like, bro, I'm going to learn what you like and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. I don't know what you like, but TikTok will figure it out. And it will be pretty fun. If anything, the problem with TikTok is you enjoy it a lot. 
Like, it's just fun. And then it becomes like another friggin' app to check on my phone, you know what I mean? I can just be in a constant cycle Instagram. Yo, actually, yo, Chantal's right. The girls love your voice. I saw that shit. I put smooth voice in my title of this video. <laughs> smooth voice. Smooth I mean, as a, like, like, I love marketing. I can't help it, bro. I look at you and I'm like, oh my god, 20-year-old girls would eat this shit up, bro. You have no idea how, like, you could pop just... I'm an old biscuit. Yo, but, like, biscuit. I'm saying, because you're so... It's your demeanor, too, right? You'd be, like, wildly calm and gentle and pure in your intentions. You just want to help everyone. and It's so, like authentic that you're the type of dude that would do really well on a TikTok because you have no desire to be fake about it and kids like that shit it might not work with people like in the older age brackets but fuck them <laughs> they, need, they need some inspiration and they need some guidance that's what it is maybe eh? that's how I look at it like I try to do a lot of things with the knowledge that you know sometimes little people watch you and you don't know that and haven't you know so like tiktok just lets other little people watch you and when they find you like you don't know man like it could turn into bags but i look at it like i start okay so i started this thing where i'm like hunting for montreal hip-hop just anybody that rap in my city because i want to find all the english music you can understand why english music's a more specific thing in my city than yours um but like I didn't know where to find 16-year-olds that rap until I got to TikTok. And then I started finding 16-year-olds that rap. And I said, you know what? All things considered, you can reach different kinds of people on a TikTok that you can never reach in conventional social media, even with paid shit. It's just, it's, it's all algorithm shit. So if you be out there with your music and affirming positivity and all that good stuff and whatever, and TikTok finds out that this group of people likes you, it's just handed to you like a fucking coin. It's just given to you. They, they, they decided they liked the book review I did, so they keep giving it to people, and it's going to break 10,000 views or some shit. And I'm like, really? This? And you, it's never going to be what you think. It's going to always be giving you that this? And it's the weirdest shit, but it's like... It's so unlike what its reputation is. That's all I can say. It's not the TikTok that the media presents to you. I know my foreman. My foreman loves it. He's on it all the time. He loves TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I see like, or like my apprentice at work, he laughs at me about Facebook. He's like, that's what old people have. I don't know how funny Facebook is. I'm like, oh, he's 20, right? Who has Facebook? I'm like, I have Facebook. I have Facebook. I love Facebook. Yeah. Thing, right? So I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm not a young man, but like, I don't know about the TikTok, bro. Maybe you're... Uh... Or what you do is you get somebody to do all the work for you if they really don't want to do it. And then it's just a matter of... The, you just got to you just gotta look at the camera and talk, right? That's really the part that you have to do. I can do that part. I, I can do that part. For sure. Honestly, for me, it's more about just like... Uh, it's like the old man and me like... Bah! When I was a kid, like that's what it's like. It's like how many apps do I have to be on to fucking make people happy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's picked up on the wrong app. Uh, Facebook is totally not the best app anymore. To be honest, it's actually like 
it's hard to it's hard to like really justify it except for the fact that it's like i'm an old man in social media so i'm really about that facebook life and i have all of my life is there but from a marketing perspective like look from a local old man hip-hop scene and i have to put the old man there because the old man hip-hop scene is on facebook if you want anybody under 25 they're not there that's something i i have to be on instagram with what i'm doing with this media shit and then i realized tiktok is also relevant because i'm you're gonna get to the point where it's like you're like yo what's up what's good you have to decide do i want to trade phone numbers with this person or would i rather have a social media app and then you're gonna get to the point where they only have TikTok, and you're like, "Fuck me! I don't want to lose this opportunity." But you know, that's that's where the world is going. Snapchat. That's how I ended up with Snapchat, right? Which is wildly relevant in Europe. We don't know how relevant it is because it's only for titties over here. But in Europe, they really, really like Snapchat, and they do things like look up other places and. There's actual legitimate music reasons for Snapchat that none of us talk about, but I found that out. But it's hot over there, and that's the thing is when you come, okay, because it's all music marketing, right? So if it's a question of music marketing, you got to be where people are. If it's a question of you as an individual, it's like yeah, I feel you. So it's like consumer of the product, yeah, I get you. But as like a artist, to me. I want to be where people are. That's why I'm on the Spotify because that's what people I know listen to music on. Yeah, I agree. That's the same reason why I'm on there. You know, my following sucks on it because I don't really push it at all. Yeah, that's the thing where I'm at the marketing. I'm always looking, like, think about new ways for marketing, but then, like, next chance I'll be like, oh, you should get TikTok. I'm like, I don't want TikTok. It's the, honestly, <laughs> dude, it's it's so easy. Like, it's like the easiest, lowest effort. It's okay. Let me be fair. It's going to be easy and low effort for you because you have 15, 20 years of experience developing this brand of yours. And so you're just taking a well-established thing and migrating it to a TikTok without having to change who you are. It's not, you don't have to do the clout chasey shit. That's what people who don't have brands do. That's another way to look at it. Because, like, I think people get misconceptions. So, in marketing, it's about communication with the people, right? So, like, if you're trying to communicate with the people, you got to be where people are. And the truth about TikTok is the only people that will ever see you will like you for the most part. Because TikTok is fucking scary. It's going to know exactly who you want to fuck level of good. Well, that's a loud girl saying me, but, like, how she was what she thought was regular ass shit just like making jokes and that and then she's like all of a sudden she gets a big following I'm like but like uh, I'm uh, not like, to have a huge following I don't know if that's what I'm like, concerned about you know what I mean I mean if it gives you, but, ba- you but it gives you bags enough to pay people to be concerned on your behalf that's the only benefit I could say is you get you wouldn't have to go bank steal Bro, okay, like, I don't know how else to put this, but, like, if you play into the dad shit, the dad look you got going on, and you recognize exactly what the fuck you're doing with it, yeah, you have a viable shot at this shit. Like, like if you were paying me right now to be, like, giving you the best advice I could, I'd be like, yeah, bro, 
look at the fucking beard you got. Look at the fucking demeanor of your voice. You safe. Nobody fucking intimidated. You just, j oh my gosh, you're somebody, you're, you're a lot of people's fetish. I, it's it's direct, but like, yeah, you have a real chance at TikTok because that shit matters on TikTok, and it's not shit you can fake. This is your demeanor mixed with your looks, so it's like this combination of shit. Where like, yeah, bro, you could just go say shit, and people would fuck with you. Then let Chantal or whoever figure out the gimmicky side. <laughs> Send the check. Send the check, yo. <laughs> Cause yo, the rest of it's just editing. For you, it's just filming the, and then the rest of that shit's editing. Which, if you don't want to do, somebody can do. You know, like that's what I mean. Like I think people look at it in a way where, cause yo, I'd be playing with TikTok now. I'm not trying hard though. I look at TikTok like a travel vlog of my life, and it motivates me to leave my apartment and go do things. Because now I want to think about play. Cause you, how many TikToks can be in my fucking room, right? Now you want to go outside. <laughs> And then, then you do some shit like take a bus ride or whatever and that turns into a TikTok and people heart that shit and you're like, wait, my bus ride's a TikTok? So now I'll be in the fucking grocery store commenting on fucking food items with my phone out and I know maybe that's not the life you want. But that's what TikTok for me is like. It's like really regular shit. It's really fun actually and it's shit my girlfriend never cares about. So like, it's it's fun. Honestly, what I wish I could... what. I as far as like social media or whatever, like or on uh, internet, whatever you talk about for have a job, my dream would be I would have a YouTube channel where like I can build cars and race cars like Cletus like, McFarland. Like I love that shit. Yo, you know TikTok I mean? could get you there. I know it sounds weird, but high key, bro. Yeah, because you could do a lot on TikTok. You could just geek over cars. You could film yourself fixing shit, bro. That plays directly into what I was just saying. You'd be playing into too. So like you be fucking killing that shit. Look, I'm not gonna pretend like it wouldn't take a couple of years and a little bit of effort here and there, but like it's a realistic thing. It's not like fake. If you put the work in and you grind it out, the ethic you put into the rest of your life, and you, it's not as much time as you think. It's just prop if you plan it right. So you would just adapt a little bit and then You've already got a fuck ton of authentic music. Now you're making music videos and TikTok and you're just doing it a little different. You know, it's just shit like that. It's a really powerful tool that's not like the other ones. It might become like the other ones, but currently it's not like the other ones. That's where the people are. I understand what you're saying. Like that's where the, You got to go where the people are, right? Nah, but it's also the algorithm's fucking stupid. It's so random yeah. and like if you come in and people like you... It's like you can within a year or two be like getting bags and opportunities that would be like wildly and within the dreams and shit. Like, so I'm like, mm, I'm going to take TikTok more seriously this year and I'm learning more about shit. So now we're filming horizontal and vertical on our phones and like I'm like, I did my first show and I didn't have good TikTok footage. So I'm like, oh, that's a fucking misplay. <laughs> you know, like I've seen people cut up their reels and shit, but yo, like. I put out a reel of me performing, which is basically a TikTok, and then people can see what you do on stage. That gets you booked at the next place. It's like, you know, an extension of a shit like that. 100%. I agree with you on that for sure. Uh, my favorite part about one of my, like, probably my favorite part is the, the live show part, right? Mm. I'm excited for this weekend, so it's going to be tight. How long is your set? 
this time I get to do except for the first one, so it's like got nine songs. You got oh, that's a proper asset. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys gonna film that? <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, we'll be definitely get some footage of that for sure. It's good. It's gonna be. I think the whole show is gonna be dope. Some solid artists on there, and it's uh, I feel like people are hungry for a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's gonna be a lot of the the guys who've been in the scene for a minute are gonna be coming checking out. Like it's gonna be just a like welcome back to the scene, everybody kind of vibe. I think it's how this one's gonna go. So I'm super excited for, like to touch base with a lot of people I haven't seen and even people I haven't met before. You know what I mean? I like the networking side of it. That's probably like what the live shows too. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Everybody's nice now. I don't know about your part of the world, but COVID made us all softies. But I mean, like, we all just, like, we're just nicer to each other in a way I've never seen before. This is okay. I'm okay with nice, you know? We're going to nice in the world, but it's, it's when, they, when we get soft is the problem. When I see the soft, but like, like detrimental. But, but yeah, man, I'm super excited for like just the shows that are coming back because I got like some shows that like I'm going to be running the show because I usually run the shows a lot of times too. I like, I enjoy running the shows too. And like, I used to run a show called Building Bridge where we bring out of town artists on and everything. It's all about building network for me. That's that's how I've been going about my marketing side of it. Like I I feel like I built a strong network but my marketing sucks. So like I know lots of people but like I don't, I don't really put like how you're saying like the TikTok or something where I get. Okay, but to be fair, the TikTok inherently isn't it. It's the package and the story, right? Like, I didn't just say TikTok. I was like, you got to be a TikToker that's selling your dad shit and this fucking vibe with your voice and this. And it's like, it's a, it's a story. Marketing is all about the story that you're selling that moves a product. So, like, often with like Nike, it's just do it. But, like, that's a fucking story. It motivates your brain in a certain way. So, like, I try to take certain tenants with my brand. That's why I described myself as a weirdo artist before, because it's trying to let you know some things about me. You know, this is what it is. And, like, there's, like, ways I present myself and the songs I make and shit. Like, it's all, like, part of this narrative in a sense. Like, my whole life is a TV show, and everybody's, like, a character on it. And marketing is a lot more of treating your brand like that. And then your music is the product. So marketing is the the packaging that surrounds it so like what's good promo is it really putting money into an ad i don't know i'm promoing a song that called i don't like pickle chips so i put a i had one of my peoples have a bag of pickle chips in the crowd and then they threw it at me and then i would be ranted and then i threw the fucking pickle chips hit somebody in the crowd randomly with a bag of chips and then i did my song that's marketing to me because that's a fucking vibe and then i'm gonna do that everywhere showmanship but it's all part of the lore because when you think about it it's like i don't like pickle chips and i'm rant you know like it's a story and then the next track's called lose weight and then i gave a little speech about how you know but real talk chips is probably not the smart move you know what i mean you know like chips that's awesome like that though like that's exactly what i'm saying like if you have a structure and i like that you know what i mean you're, you're maneuvering through something with your little like yeah. your music you got a little it's because of video games bro 
Pardon? It's all because of video games. It's the stupidest shit ever. I'm, I'm sure that most people would find that baffling. But I played giant video games like Fallout and Skyrim and these games that are like immersive worlds. But not just that. They have books in these games, bro. And these books are backed by history and all of this shit. So I watch people who make like 10-hour YouTube videos on the lore of video games. Not the game. Ten. Yeah, bro. I, I'm, I'm down. <clears throat> I'm not afraid. Because, yo, I, I'm in an office job, right? So half my life is, like, reading fucking shit on the internet, writing reports. and So I can just have this shit playing, like a podcast in a sense. But what I learned from video games is that people like stories because if I'm that invested and these things get half a million views, I'm crazy. You, you'd be shocked, bro. Half a million views off of fucking some Fallout 4 shit. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? So I start noticing this habit and I learn about lore. And it's what Marvel does. It's why people care about the Marvel movies. Because when you dig beneath the movie, everything in the movie correlates to this comic book or to this fucking, I don't know, TV show in the 90s. And there's the Easter eggs. And so now people get attached to it like it's more than a game or it's more than a movie so when you look at an Eminem there's the story with his mom and the this and you know it's more than just music even what you said with Tupac your Tupac is a great example he might be one of the goats of this shit arguably I don't think most people remember the music like they remember the man and the story that picture where he flips off the fucking camera after getting shot and then dude that's the most legendary. Like that shit is like lore, you know. I, I see him on the news and he's like, "What the fuck?" Like he's like, "Yeah." Like I feel like, uh, yeah, it was just different. Like I feel like, obviously, I didn't know Tupac, but I felt like you're more connected to the artist back then. I feel like that now. So, you know what I mean? That's or good. maybe just more. But I feel like the way the world is, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, imagine if Tupac had a fucking Facebook or like social media. Like, Yo, I don't know. So a lot of people be like, I feel like people be split. But if if uh, Tupac was rich, he'd have a team and it would probably be done right. Like Eminem's. Yeah. But it would be like Eminem's or Dr. Dre's. He would be one of them dudes. I promise. He would have a shit social media presence. But why the fuck does it matter when Tupac dropped the next project? Everybody paying attention. Kendrick doesn't have to tweet. <laughs> yep. I mean, like, say for example, like when he came from slipping out the fucking thing. Imagine the social, your Facebook. It'd be like how when fucking how now when they Chris Rock slaps, but like you mean like it'd be like that. Like, oh, Tupac's fucking like you know I mean like I think, the world was different. I mean, that shit just makes people money <laughs> a lot of the time. I I get why. Well, I mean, like I guess it made me feel like just a regular dude or something more. So like I feel like. Like rappers now or like even like famous people, I feel like they're just almost it's almost it's like uh, just an image. You know what I mean? That's yeah. fair. I would agree with you that rappers are uh, often super boring in their lives and that reflects in their music. And you would not be boring in your life because you you played a lot of music live, you've contracted with tons of artists, you've multiple facets of the creation process to me this is like yo high key that's a and you 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 grind at like work work that's like not a boring life and you've done it for like over 10 years consistently you you have experiences you meet you know fucking joel ortiz and shit so then you got you compare that to homeboy that's just like 
I go to work, I got my girl, and then I make my music, and I go to the club. I don't know. That's just regular. There's, like, only so many songs you can get out of that unless you're going to the club in other countries and shit, upon which I now care about you going to the club because that's lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I friggin'. I was going to say something. I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's not you. It's the weed, bro. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, people wildly just have, like, they don't try to do ambitious things. Like, look, my music is, like, struggle music for old man hustlers. Because I'm struggling on my old man hustles. <laughs> but you know what? That's, like, it's the purest form of shit sometimes. Like, I think that's the most purest and organic shit, you know what I mean? And I actually remember what I was going to say is I was going to actually bring up that uh, you are talking about creative, creativity and comics and that. I actually started doing a thing with my homie John. John Lopeshi is called uh, Whatever the Weather Comics. And like, we're doing a comic now. So then we like, go like, shoot some scenes, see some pictures, and they filters it all up, put some bubbles and all that shit. So we got that coming up too. So that's hold pretty up, cool. Hold up, hold up. Y'all that. are making a comic on some filters on your face shit? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Before, we got full of AKs and everything, bro. It's crazy. That's wild. So let's say something else. Like you said, it's uh, doing some new but but like you're saying, but there's the umbrella that's the brand, right? Yeah. It's what you have. It's the you sell the umbrella. <clears throat> it's the story that connects the dots that makes people care. Also, like you're so community centric, bro. Like, you know, the, my biggest hack was going. Oh, say word. I'm an English Montrealer, and the best four words I ever came up with was support local English media. That's the hottest four words I have in my arsenal of marketing jargon. That shit's gonna actually make me money because I'm gonna turn it into a whole ass merch line and shit and walk around Montreal wearing a support local English media shirt. Motherfucker, grandma might buy that shit. <laughs> you can capture a story that taps into emotions and attach that to your brand. Like, so now, yo, because Quebec's wild. You may not know this. I'm not even dead. I'm, I'm dead ass about this English shit. Quebec's trying to pass a law where doctors will not be allowed to speak to me in English. That's not fake. What? You can Google that. You won't see it because it's all French media. But that's a real thing that's happening right now. But they gave us all five hundred dollars, right? They gave us all five, just tax, just on, on some income tax shit. Everybody under a hundred thousand dollars a year gets five bills. So thank you, Quebec. But also, fuck you, your doctor might not be able to talk to you in English next time. That's where I'm at. So it's not fake shit for me. I really take this English shit to like my core because, yo, I speak French, but my parents might be kind of fucked in the future. So it's really deep to my core. And then local media doesn't exist in my language. Like I went and talked to politicians because who's going to fucking talk to the English politicians in my hood? Who the fuck's here? What news? There's no English media, really. I lied. There's one other podcast and shit, and there's a couple people. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no real English media here. All our journalists that speak English that are worth anything dip out to your part of the world. <clears throat> That's crazy. So they're trying to ban it. Hey, they don't like it? That's crazy. It's been like a, like a slow chip, uh, chipping away effort for the my entire life. I've watched them attack English my whole life. That's crazy. I would just go to the doctor on my phone and have the translation app on. But here, just read it. <laughs> Let him talk to you. Bro, I mean, I yeah, but like, yo, it's it's weird when it's where you live. 
it's inhumane. To me, it feels like it's inhumane when they say something like that. You know what I mean? Like, or like, this huge form of obviously it's discriminating. Like, you know, like, Yo, it's an election like, year, bro. I'm telling you, it's all politics. It has nothing to do with right or wrong. It's an election they, They're like laying this shit up so they can come in and be like, we did this, 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 this. Because, yo, Montreal don't mean shit, right? It's Farmer Quebec that votes for everything. That's crazy, but like you said, politics is... Yeah. I don't even like to think about politics. I mean, involved because it's so out of control. Like, that out of my control. Like, what can you do about it? You know what I mean? The only thing I can say that people can do is run for local politics. I found out I can do that. But otherwise, in general, I completely agree with you. A lot of it... Yo, but then you're living in Quebec and French shit happens. And it's weird because you can't avoid it. It's like in your face, day in, day out. Like, it's like... Like, if we were another country... Y'all would be geeking on our shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, everybody gets like something different like that, right? But anyway, not to go all negative on that shit, but it just that kind of shit though. It's like part of my core, so I bring that into my brand, and it creates a story. And the more you can do to almost make it not about your music, the more people will care about your music is the basics of branding. So it's like who you is matters more. Yo, this interview makes me want to fuck with Ross Burns a hundred times more than your music did. All right, all right, all right. Well, you know what, though, is when you're saying this, like, like I can agree with you, too, because, like, that's the first thing I do when I hear a new song, like a new artist I like. I go looking for, like, interviews. Because I want to see what this guy's about, you know what I mean? Like, is this guy really, I think he's a bird? Like, what's his vibe? Like, you can feel like an energy, you know what I mean? So, I I, I can 100% attest that. That's why I do like doing the interviews and that, too. Because I, I like just interacting, but also I feel like it gives people a chance to, like, if you don't know me, you, mean, you think I'm this? A lot of people think you're this or that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't know me, bro. You don't speak about me, don't, don't speak about me you know? I don't know anything about anyone. I don't know anything about most of my guests when I come into it. I'm like, we're just going to walk through your life, and you're going to tell me shit that if I tried to Google, I wouldn't find, and then we'd never talk about because I wouldn't have found it. I like, I like, like you mean you had me thinking back until, like, like, I was learning about myself again almost, you know what I mean? I'm just... I'm just okay, he's like, what if I have kids, right? <laughs> you know, like, give me some parenting tips. Like, people don't know that. I'm just like trying to learn, right? And like, wildly, people do some super nifty shit when they're young. They just do. I mean, not everybody, but some people got epic ass stories. Like, two, three interviews ago, this kid was like, yo, my parents brought me to a metal show when I was like four, and they thought that shit was so metal, they let us in. <laughs> pretty fucking metal though bro (laughs) so but yeah that type of shit it's like to me that's that's how people get to know you because they can see that ross burns is this guy's life this is who you are and in a sense the the brand is more about the story around you than it is like and as much as it's authentic everybody should curate the parts of your story you put out you know a little bit but like it is about creating this like you know what I look at it like my like persona is my idealistic version of myself a little bit embellished version of my human self it's like my superhero version like if I could be anybody this is who I'd want to be and I put that in like my whole brand so you can be sorry you're being the best version of you like what's that's perfect right that's the best way to be try to live and 
be somebody else is crazy to me. Like, yeah, like you're not. So you know what I mean? So why do you like? You're probably not gonna be able to be that. You know? And why would you want to be that? Like, well, like yeah. I'm wildly ambitious though. So in my head, I'm like, I could pretty much do anything anybody on earth did at some point. So I'm the same way for computer shit. But like when it comes to like tools or like. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, uh, yeah, I feel like I can do lots of shit. Like, I definitely can take care of myself. I'll be all so right. It's like, I look at it like when I say the superhero version, it's like, psh, I'm just picturing me in 10 years when I rap about it now. It's, 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 just picture you. It's imag- imagination's okay. You're allowed to have that. Okay, you're black. No, it's hey, got, bro, it's got grays all over. You can't see it now, but like in proper light, there's these fat ass white ones that are dominating the sides. And then girls kept saying this to me, you better not diet. And I said, oh, oh, this is good for the brand. I don't like it at all. It makes me feel old as fucking shit. I got gray hairs everywhere. It's terrible in the sun. But like, salt and pepper and all that shit and you're like that's universal that's across the board bro that's like 80 percent yes in the eyes of my experiences so it's like oh this is just a blessing okay <clears throat> bro bro you're up the, the, your hair colors you know what i mean like what's what's the other option you, like you mean like i know some people yeah. like die though they die it i hope i can i hope i can just let it all like i hope i ride the wheels right off this fucking body and I'm just like old withered out man you know what I mean like like could you imagine you you let over and your beard didn't go gray yet I don't know dude you know? it's I'm at the part where it's starting to go gray so it's a little bit of a mind fuck okay like it's been going gray but now it's telling me it's over bro you are now like it's it's hit at that level like it's done done like i got like within two years it's gonna start actually looking like yours like no lie it's really picking up the pace and shit <laughs> like what's a you be a rap and everybody else your old man no but it, I, like i said no nah, it's fair but yo i appreciate you ross burns you're a very interesting fellow with a whole bunch of stuff that is going on Y'all got to remember if you up in his part of town. No, I, this is going to come out on YouTube in the past. So if you're watching this now and you're in his part of town, it's going to be a Friday. You got the, the show. But he has other stuff in the future that will come. So just remember to hit up Ross Burns for your tickets and to you know, uh, support that, man. All the links and stuff are going to be in the description. Um, and then I have them in the chat here for the people live. And... Um, Make sure to go follow and support the dude and then hit him up on Facebook and tell him to go on other platforms. Just peer pressure him. I don't know that for me on TikTok. But bro, I, I appreciate me and how, like yeah, actually I appreciate the knowledge you're kicking to you. Mean give me a different view on shit too. So but I appreciate just that you mean taking the time to have me on the show. And I appreciate you just in general. Like guys like you is what we need. Like I always say to interview guys, you know what I mean? Well, you guys, we don't have an outlet. Mm. So then we're talking about you, you know what I mean? Or we're just like, get to hear you talk and shit. So kudos to you, bro. And I keep doing your thing, too. I mean, it's a big blessing, dude. It's almost like a cheat code to life. I get to talk to people who've done shit in, like, the level of expertise that you would go to school for and pick their brain. Like, I'm fucking Joe Rogan, like, at least twice a week for, like, almost a good year and a half constant. Like, maybe... It, yeah. 
And, uh, yo, I basically got a university education and some arbitrary artist shit out of this. Like, it's not conventional, but it's going to help me make a crazy amount of success in my life. It, you know what? It might not be conventional, but it's, the way you learn is probably way more practical and way more, like, realistically that you can apply it. You know what I mean? Because you're going to take in the stuff that you're going to keep the stuff that you know you can apply to other places. Yeah, Just like Joe Rogan. was a, a lot of what I mean, he's an interesting dude, sort of. I don't know about now, but for a minute, Joe Rogan was super interesting to me. Nowadays, it's... Look, I just... Anyway, he's a controversial figure. Some people love him. I feel like he cares more about controversy than truth. And uh, That's... But, like, podcasts are dope. Right? Like, I even thought about starting a podcast, but... Bro, it's so easy. Like, okay, look, you have anybody that you can just shoot the shit with on a regular basis and not want to kill? If the answer is yes, find that person. And fucking literally, you want to talk about cars? Talk about cars. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the fuck you care about. And shit, if it's not about music, it's better. <laughs> I, I, yeah, see, you're right. You're right. I got to, like, because that's the thing. Like, I don't, like, when it comes to market, I want to be song at people's face every day like it's become spamish you know you gotta make them want to go from a different direction maybe Mm. put it in my mind here yeah i have a lot of experience with converting old people to the tech side you have no idea who you went up against on that one Got him. Got him. Ah, but it's just I'm spitting it in ways where I understand what your reservations are and I don't think most people understand what your reservations are because they don't know that I spent over a year kind of low-key loafing on TikTok missing boats and shit because I was going through the same thing you're going through they don't know that part I don't even tell people that part because it's less cool so to speak but no for real every move even Twitch took me a year and a half longer than it should have like it's pretty normal to take fucking forever to adopt a new platform it's just the fact is if you do start doing it it's like pulling off a band-aid and then your life gets simpler because you don't know what you don't even know that there's like a car community that is cool that you know like there's shit you don't know that you're gonna fuck with that could help your brand if you're an artist about it and then if you really want to not use tiktok become a fucking creator and you will not want to spend your time on the app as much Anyway, take your time with it. There's no rush, though, because it's like when you're ready, you'll do it. If not, there's going to be other ways. It's not the only way. It's just right now TikTok's a hot way to go about it without having to sell out. That's a rare thing. Honestly, thing to think anything but going to work, right? That's just how it's raised. Like, you, know, you wake up, you go to work. That's what you do. Like, I've never thought about imagine making money doing this no i can't even imagine only other people do that i would never yeah but people want to support you with cash it happens like i can't say i'm profitable but like homeboy lindell who is defending rogan just now where fair enough he cares about the truth i said it appears like he doesn't care about the truth sometimes uh but that dude pays me money on a monthly on some patreon shit for the fact that we do do this shit he cares more about my album reviews but he fucking rides like since 2017 it's wild to me but yo people will pay you for this shit i mean you 
you need a Chantel type person to do that part and tell you what to do a bit. But like for the most part, yeah, dude, like it's a sustainable business model to create authentic, like even some random dude in like Ontario, he just never sold out. He's on YouTube. I fucks with him at Dosa Buckley. He just stopped YouTube. He refused to take ads, whatever, whatever. And now the dude's making easily 15k a month on Patreon. That's how many people support dude. Okay, maybe 5 to 10k, but like it's in that number range. Now, is that easy? No. Is it going to take work? Yes. But if you look at this side of life like it's work, like bro, I post on TikTok cuz it's a job. I have like fucking all sorts of shit. I'm going to have to post a clip of this at some point on TikTok and stuff like <clears throat> it's a job. And then it's it does come with all the things that you're afraid of sometimes with number fucking focus and addiction issues and shit. Like there's parts of it that are trash, but like if you want it to be a living, yeah, super viable. That's crazy. That's crazy for me to even think about doing something that I'm not just getting paid like a check like hourly. Cause I'm just, that's the breed of me, right? The old man fucking, I grew up listening to, like, my dad's truck start every morning to go to work. You know I mean? That's just what I'm supposed to do, I think. So, like, but maybe I need to step out of the box more that way, right? It would help your artistry. I know least it's a good experiment. Uh, is this a challenge? Hey, challenge. Right, more of y'all on TikTok. Yo, we can have fun on TikTok because it gets real community-like. So, <clears throat> you could do shit like giant-ass group ciphers off of... Anyway... This, this, or you could even do <clears throat> like short video lore, like for me it's all about lore but like I can create a video being like yo what's up Ross Burns I see you out there with the car shit coming back you're looking super legit whatever that wasn't great but like and then you could respond in kind with your fucking thing and then it creates this thing where the community elements like, here's the thing you don't see this shit cause nobody fucking does this shit that's why you can't see what I'm picturing really well. But like I looked a lot into this and there's there's ways to play this where it's different than other people do, but the people who do it like that as squads, as units of like 30, 40 people kind of collaborating. It's like having 40 people in the music video only on TikTok. And then that's like 40 likes. Yeah, it sounds corny, but now nah, you got 40 people down to fuck with you. That's amazing. So it's like you create the kind of circle of of positivity in a sense and then create networking so you get your local peoples you create content with them it could be music videos it could be whatever and then tag each other and then people get attached to the bigger collective and there's no fucking easier way to find like-minded people than the internet i'd be on this shit all the time bro that's why it's so well versed i have conversations like this like my girlfriend refuses to go on TikTok. She gets this speech easily, like, easily once a month. She hates it. She is so tired of it. She's probably not going to do it, but I try anyway. So, like, for me, it's, like, uphill battle shit. But I don't know. I fuck around with Spotify. I fuck around with shit. And I'm like, yo, there's absolutely ways where if, like, 50 of us work together, we all win. <laughs> That's the thing. I agree with you. The strength in numbers always, right? That's always the case for sure got a team you're gonna be better if you got a team that's like-minded right yeah but it's also like you mix that with tiktok and it's super hard to put those two concepts together and i totally respect that because it's not what we would picture normally so anyway i have to say 
Is it a challenge? I guess. I want the whole world to get on TikTok and to fuck around with it before hating it. Hate it if you hate it, but as a creator, I care more about video editing because of TikTok. And a lot of weird shit I wasn't expecting happened because I decided to make stupid selfie fucking videos. Like a lot, I'm better at selfies and picture taking, like all because of fucking TikTok. Because you see other people's TikToks and now you're going, how did they edit that video? Because you've edited your own video. And that, that kind of shit started happening to me. And then that applied to more shit. So I'm going to be better at everything I do because of fucking TikTok. And it's like, how do you explain to people that shit? <laughs> like... Like, I don't hate TikTok. I just, I'm like, oh, another app? Holy fuck. Like, that's more of my thing. But maybe I need to have that bonus SMS. Because, like, for example, Instagram, I don't barely know how to even work Instagram. Yeah, I fucking like, hate Instagram. On. I'm there because it's a necessary evil in my social life of rappers yeah. and shit. Like I said, anybody under 25 on Instagram, but not necessarily on TikTok. So Instagram is still relevant and very popping if you want to meet young people. And I don't know. I got into taking pictures of shit. Like, I got into it. I like posting on Instagram. I fucking hate using the app otherwise. I hate reels. I don't like browsing content. I think its algorithm is trash. So, I like stories, though. I really do like the stories part where you just click through the circles. Oof, I'm a super into stories. I'm a stories fan, too. Like, if I'm just a quick man and I look at my phone, I'll check out the stories sometimes. Or that's where I generally work. Oops. That's where I post more than anything, mm. more than in my stories. So yeah, look at TikTok. Like, TikTok is just posting stories all the time. I, I, I should have known you were going to go there as soon as I said that. You're like, oh, I see. Because, yeah, I'm like, no, hold on a second. Half my stories are TikToks. Like, it's the opposite for me. I go to TikTok. I should I should half my I love this shit. I love social media talk. I know it's it's whatever. But yeah. Um, anyway, it's stuff just because, like, I really believe that anybody watching this, if they're not fucking with it, I mean, professionally, I work in social media shit for my company, so I do get paid to know things. I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I get paid to know things in this domain so it's like a blessing to me to be able to talk about this and that you even care because you know sometimes people wildly don't even care and that's fair it's not in everyone's interest scope so well when you tell somebody they can get a bag like i don't know who's not interested in that bro like God, that's that's crazy but like like on the serious side it's more of the, like like you're saying it's the reach way better for me probably right yeah, if you package yourself correctly, I'm not saying it's going to happen fast. That part's not true, but you're not a rookie, so you get to cut the line in ways that most people can't because you have substance and shit. And I'm saying, you could just, you know, homeboy I interviewed, he's not even that, like, like doesn't do, hasn't, like, done as much as other people, but he took the TikTok and just started sharing, like, these morning motivational posts and shit, like, hey, what's up, guys? I hope you all have a really wonderful day. And I'm just really excited to share with you, insert trivial bullshit. And that's all he does. And I'm like, yo, this guy is so excited to share his shit with people. And he's just so into it. That's what he wants to do with it. And I'm like, man, that's not how people represent this shit. But that's how people should be doing it. Stories are easy. I'm not wrong. I can do stories easily. And that's, TikTok is just like stories, but... A little, you make them a little different. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely appreciate you, man. You're a really open-minded dude, too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I never know what I'm expecting with people, but your whole, like, demeanor and everything is fun. And you do such interesting shit with your life. And, like, honestly, if you're ever in Hamilton, apparently you're a plug. So it's good to know. Bro, I'm telling you, that's not even hyperbolic at this point in my life. I'm trying to keep my story alive, right? And so my story needs shows. <laughs> I need to be, I need to be like, yo, we on the road, bro. Oh my gosh. Shows for the soul, you know. Shows for the soul. But yeah, I'm so yeah, man. I look forward to like linking up with you in real life and and all of that good shit seeing what builds in the future and you definitely are somebody people should follow if even if it's not for like whatever just to see what you get up to next because you're apparently gonna get up to some shit i'm gonna get always in the sun bro. try to keep it moving you know so hopefully uh that we're trying I, I, me and my couple my buddies were looking at we want to try to do a, like a little short film and like a nice little thing around, just, you know, something different bro you know then we can have our own music and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So, I'm, I'm all for that. Right. But yeah, and thank you all to everybody that's watching this, that stuck it through, all of you that came through for Because some people be here for, like, most of this. So that means they they with us this whole time watching it. And that's fucking wild to me every time. Just, I love you guys, man. Everybody I, I, people who support me support me for real, though. You know what I mean? So... I love those people, man. They always been supporting me for many moons, and like, that's like I can't. What do you, what do you say, bro? I said thank you, I guess you know, and I appreciate them spending their time with us here, man. Like I said, I appreciate you taking your time. Ah, man, it's a blessing, thing. and I just uh, appreciate everybody watching this in the future because while you're not here with us, you're still watching it. So shout out y'all, like, comment, subscribe, and all that good stuff too, because that's also important for the whatever whatevers. And yeah, with all that being said and done, all of your links are going to be in the description of this video. Um, whoops, one second. I was about to do a raid on Twitch, but then the person... Raiding is when you take your Twitch audience and you invade another person's channel. It is the most community-centric bullshit ever, but it also forces you to have to go make fucking friends with everybody on Twitch, which is lovely. I'm not mad. I just... Yeah, Ismail just showed up and got your links. But yeah, so basically I hit the raid button now and a little 10 second counter comes down. And uh, when I hit the next button, all the people here right now with us, there's seven people are going to go into the next person's channel. And on that note, everybody live long and prosper out there. And